To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do to be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball. They love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hello again, everybody. Joe Flaherty here for a quick introduction to another one of our Super Supervisor compilation episodes. Uh, we ran one of these uh, late last month uh, that included the likes of Floyd Nix, Corey Robinson, uh, Mike Kincaid, and of course, Dan Feingold, uh, one of my partners in crime down on the concourses now that he's a supervisor. Uh, his voice carries a little bit more weight, I guess. Uh, so we get to re-air his opinions in one of these compilation shows. And we have uh, 60 to 70 episodes now. We're, we're pretty deep into season two. We've come a long way. And we have a lot of shows uh, in the backlog that we want to get back out in front of the listeners just in case you missed it the first time or really enjoyed them the first time around and want to hear them again. So uh, this week we are going to shine a spotlight on the ladies of Wrigley Field. Uh, and we are going to kick things off with the lovely... Lee Kathy Campbell. Uh, before we get to uh, a season one episode with our special guest Latoya Berry, uh, and then our third episode in this collection uh, includes one of the co-hosts of the dynamic duo of another podcast I work on over at Back in the Day, and that'll be Cheryl Morley. And then we'll wrap things up with a visit that David and Frank did all the way out virtually in Japan with the lovely Nancy Sullivan. So uh, we hope you enjoy these compilation shows. There's many more in the works, and. Uh, uh, retroactively, I went through and took out all those old uh, disclaimers and headlines and hot takes that are now outdated just to got, save you guys a little bit of a headache from hearing my voice for too much longer. <laughs> so without further ado, uh, this is our second Supervisor Compilation Show, and we're going to kick things off with Kathy Campbell. To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. 
when you see the same faces year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family, that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Uh, new name, new intro, uh, all new guests for Season 2. Uh, and I'm excited about this guest today. Uh, with me. Uh, but before I get to the guest, I just want to let you all know we're new listening that we do have a new book club uh, going on uh, starting in February. We're going to be reading this book, uh, A Most Beautiful Thing. It is the true story of America's first all-Black high school rowing team based here in Chicago. Uh, we're going to be reading this in February together and discussing it throughout the podcast. Uh, actually, it's free if you go on our link and get the audio book. Uh, so make sure you check that out and join us on this journey as we read different books together. This book was actually selected by a Cub staff employee, uh, Therese, uh, I think Panakius, I say her last name, but she selected this book for the month of February. So uh, join us in that. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring in uh, my coworker, who I'm so used to calling her Kathy Campbell. Uh, <laughs> not even her name anymore, but I'm so used to saying Kathy Campbell. But uh, okay. Kathy, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've been feeling like a getting a cold the last couple of days, but otherwise doing really well. Yeah, it's, it's so. weird because uh, I feel like it's not as cold as past winters are. But when it uh-huh. does get cold, I'm frigid. I'm very cold. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, right now it says it's eight degrees outside. Outside. Yes, it's Uh, sunny, but still, it's eight degrees. It's freezing cold. Yes. Now you are not. You're in Woodstock, correct? Are you? Yes. Yes. Northwest suburbs. Now, everybody is probably going to want to ask this question. So I'm going to ask the question now. What makes a person who lives that far away commute to Wrigley Field, back and forth? Like, what makes a person want to do that from all the way in Woodstock? (laughs) Uh. Well. Um, for me, um, I, I've been a fan of the team since I can remember. Uh, and my mom tells me that when I was about three, three, four years old, she was setting me up in front of the TV to watch 
the Cubs games because uh, I was born in March, the end of March of 20 of 20 of 1969, which was the big, big year for the Cubs, yeah. at least until September. Um, so for me, I mean, I've just, I've been a fan of the team as long as I can remember. And when I saw the, uh, the ad in the red eye that they were going to have a job fair at the time, I was just, uh, back in town, moved back from Peoria where I was, I lived for about 10 years and was going to DePaul, uh, to get my master's degree. And I wasn't really working. I was just trying to concentrate on that. And I thought, well, this would be a perfect part-time job. They'd pay me to go to Wrigley Field because I'd want to be there anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's what started it for me. I was, um, I just, I guess I've just been a fan of the team as long as I can remember. And the thought of going there every day just was something I, I thought I've got to do. So, um, I said, I kind of said to myself, where's the dotted line? You know, I'll, I'll just sign it where whatever they want me to do and uh, kind of went from there. So, and I've just, it's, I've stuck with it. Um, luckily, my full-time job has been able, it, it's allowed me to be able to still be there in the summer and uh, still have a full-time job because as much as I'd like to make 81 days a year, uh, pay my bills, it's just doesn't so um you know but that that's basically it i started out just seeing where it would go and turned into uh you know lifelong friends and a great probably one of the best jobs i've ever had now the one thing i like about the podcast is that i always learn something new about somebody that i did not know before and i did not know Mm -hmm. that you were yet another supervisor with a master's degree i just found this out right now (laughs) So tell me about yes. that. Yes. Well, okay. So it was a long way around, but, or, or a straight, not a long way, I guess a strange way around. I got my bachelor's in technical theater um, back in the day. And then I was working at a theater down outside of Peoria and decided I wanted to go back and work on computers learned some stuff about computers. So I went to the local community college and got an associates in computer science. And when I was looking at schools to continue that, um, the couple that I talked to said, you know, don't go back and get another bachelor's. Why don't you, you've already got a bachelor's. Why don't you just get a master's? You've got the basics in. So just, you know, do that. So, so that's when I decided to go ahead with the masters and um, ended up coming back to the Chicago area and um, getting my master's in computer science from DePaul. Okay, so, so tell me about your um, your uh, theatrical background. I know you love theater, been yes. around for a while. So tell me how all that started and where you're at now with it. Well, originally my dad and my older brothers were involved when I was little. My dad loved being in the theater. He was, uh, did a lot of acting at the community uh, theater level in the town we lived in. And uh, so I just loved hanging out and watching him on stage and being around backstage and everything. Um, I'm not an onstage person. I'm not that comfortable being up in front of a group, uh, but I love doing the backstage work and so all through uh, high school, I, I did that. 
and and actually the uh, one of the supervisors, other supervisors who uh, retired uh, a couple of years ago or didn't come back this past year, I should say, uh, Tony Casolino uh, was my drama teacher in high school. Oh wow! And yeah, and so he um, had a big influence on that for me as well, and um, did theater all through high school and decided to pursue it in college and went to Illinois State and um, got a degree in technical theater, did a lot of stage managing. Um, and then after graduation, I worked at a theater, a dinner theater actually outside of Peoria in a little tiny town called Farmington that had a, a theater that had been a vaudeville house back in the 20s and 30s and the stage was still intact. So uh, it had been turned back into a theater. It had been a lot of things over the years, a, a biker bar and all kinds of things. Um, it was a theater and I, I worked there for about 10 years and then ended up coming back to Chicago. Um, got away from theater for a little bit while I was doing my computer work. Um, and then just a couple of years ago, uh, right before the pandemic, I guess about a year before everything got shut down, I started working for Broadway in Chicago part-time as an usher, uh, just to be around theater again and got to see some shows and stuff. And then of course everything got shut down. And uh, now that shows are back, um, I've been working back again with Broadway in Chicago, but this time uh, working at the stage door. So I actually get to be backstage and meet some of the actors and see how it's all done and everything, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I'll, I, I've told you this story before, but um, in listening to your podcast, I found another person that's really into theater, uh, Michael Galloway, who's a security uh, uh, associate. He was on your podcast last year, I think in June or something, Mark, May or June, and was talking about his uh, love of community theater. So I, I talked to him last summer and and uh, so we're gonna, he's actually doing a show out here in Woodstock, oddly enough, um, coming up this summer. So he got in touch with me and I'm gonna help him out with that as much as I can. So try to try to help out and get in, get into a little bit of theater when I can and go see it as much as I can. So. Yeah, now you, you've uh, done Wrigley Field, you talked about some uh, theaters you've done and then you also took a dive for the first time into the cold football season as <laughs> Bears. Right. Um, so one, uh, tell me what made you want to do that and say yes to that. And then how, what was your experience like? Well, uh, I guess I got into it because uh, I hadn't planned on it, actually. Um, but my husband, Bob, had taken a position with S3. And then I spoke with you and... Um, Margaret and a couple of the other folks from Wrigley that were doing it. And they, and you all kept saying, you know, we need some more people, um, you know, wanting to come on it. It'll be fun. So I thought, okay, well, it's all, I'm not a big football fan. Uh, I don't really follow football. Um, baseball is obviously more of my sport, but I thought, well, it's only, you know, seven, eight games over the next four months. I think I can handle, you know, that. And so I got into it and, it's it's a lot of things like the basics are kind of the same um 
working at both places. I mean, I worked at the gate uh, mostly uh, at one of the gates and the basics of doing that are are the basic same principles as working at a gate at Wrigley. Uh, But there are a lot of differences that the fans are different and uh, just the atmosphere is a little bit different and and everything. And it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it, and it's it's not something. It's not quite like baseball where you've got 81 dates. Yep. You know, it's only, and I missed the first one because I hadn't signed up yet. So it was only seven games for me, and uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a bad schedule at all to work in around everything else I'm doing. So it worked out good. And then Bob and I could co- commute together. So for those that are listening that don't know, uh, you're referring to Bob. So Bob is your husband, and uh, right. uh, he works for the Cubs. Uh, this is the first season, or was, has he been there a couple of yes. seasons? Yes. No, this was his first season. Uh, he used to own a bicycle store in Schaumburg, and unfortunately that uh, store went under at the end of 2019, and then we went into the pandemic. He had actually planned on applying for the 2020 season, uh, but then when everything got shut down, he decided – you know, he didn't obviously because we weren't having fans. So he um, he applied for this year, and um, you know, he wanted to see what everything was like. He hears me talk about it and how much I enjoy it and everything, and he said, uh, you know, I want to see what every everybody I talk to that works there uh, loves it. So I want to see what it's all about and see, you know. So he's he's enjoyed it and he's worked a lot this off season uh, also. And he got a job with the ice rink company. So he's been there at Gallagher way a lot this, this winter working for the ice rink. So. Yeah. You two clearly don't care about the cold because I saw Bob a couple of times. <laughs> it was freezing. Yeah. Was Although I, I think today he was happy. He wasn't working down there because it's so cold. <laughs> today. But, but he, he was there yesterday and he said it was quite chilly, but uh, I think he was kind of happy today that he wasn't there. Now, how did you two meet? Uh, mutual friends, actually. Um, when I moved away to, Pe- uh, I moved to Peoria. Uh, when I moved home, I got back in touch with some friends, and by this time, he was friends with them. And he's actually a distant cousin. I think, like his, let's see, it's like his mother's cousin is my friend's grandmother. So they ended up finding out they were distant cousins, but became friends while I was in Peoria. And then we got uh, introduced when I moved home. And our first date, I guess you would call it, is, was a hockey game to the Wolves at an All-State Arena. So with a bunch of other Cubs people, because Jennifer Aparicio, who was a SSA and a GSA um, that's not with the Cubs anymore. Uh, used to be a season ticket holder. I don't know if she still is, but for the Wolves, and used to get a group together from Wrigley to go to uh, usually usually opening game for the Wolves. So. Okay. okay. Uh, now I was supposed to come out to your house and actually your house and Donna's house and Nick's house to do these uh, tours, and I just got so busy. Um, yeah. But you have a Christmas tree farm tell me about how that started and tell me more about that well um bob was looking uh for a new place and um found this 
this place that we live at now, it's, um, we weren't living together at the time, but he was looking for um, somewhere new. And um, he was introduced to this place. It's 54 acres. The house is on, on the property with the farm. And he just, we just both kind of fell in love with the property. Uh, we like the house a lot as well. I mean, it's a very nice house. I don't want to, you know, diss the house in any way. It's, it's beautiful, but we really just fell in love with the property. Uh, lots of trees. Um, it's got a couple of po- couple, three ponds on it. It's quiet. You know, the house itself is set back about a half a mile off the road. So uh, we are on a kind of a busy road. We're on a state state route 176 which uh gets lots of trucks and stuff but um you know we it's very quiet and and we love it our friends come come over and they'll fish in the ponds and just hang out um lots of property to to just hang out on and and like during the pandemic we'd we just walk um because we actually share the driveway with our driveway with two other houses and our friends, uh, some good friends of ours, bought the first house on the on the driveway about uh, three or four years ago now. And so we were, she and I were both working at home, and so we just at lunchtime go walking, and we'd just be able to stay right there and not have to go anywhere to walk. We just walk on the property. Um, so I, we just fell in love with it, and. We went ahead and um, continued the tree farm. The folks that that built the house and you know populated everything on the property um, had owned it for about I think about 20 years or so, and they decided they were going to retire. They bought a condo in Florida, um, and were only up here in the summertime to see their kids and that. And they decided they wanted to sell it, so uh, we just kind of fell in love with it and decided to take it and uh, run with it and we've enjoyed the christmas the christmas tree farm a lot just because it's it's more of a another customer service thing kind of like wrigley where you know get it get to talk to a lot of people and you know folks are happy they're it's holiday time they're with family they're coming to get a tree you know it's 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 just fun it's cold some day some days you know and icky with rain and mud and everything but it's still fun and um, up until the last two years we were able to run hay wagons and take people out uh, into the acreage and let them just wander around and find a tree Um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, get back to the hay wagons once this whole pandemic thing is over but uh, but yeah it's just it's a nice customer service thing we get people to come year after year that we remember and uh you know it becomes a tradition family tradition we've this i think this past christmas was our i want to say our 12th or 13th christmas i don't remember for sure which if you have a business you need a website what's the best way to get a website up and running Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. 
and they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Paired Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Paired.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's Paired.com slash free. Promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming out there and doing a, um, uh, a tour. But there's one thing I'd ask because me and wildlife don't get along very well. So what kind of wildlife <laughs> uh, oh. might I run out to when I'm out there? Um, nothing too crazy. I mean, nothing that's going to run you over or anything like that. But <laughs> although, although our neighbors for a while did have a bull uh, oh, wow. that actually got it jumped the fence into our yard and was he was chasing we had a friend helping us paint the house was chasing our friend um but since that happened we had seen the ball uh i think they were kind of forced to get rid of it but um really it's just um on our property it really is just wildlife like um my husband's seen coyotes. I've seen foxes, but mostly we get like geese and ducks, cranes. We get a lot of deer. Um, we even saw a snapping turtle a number of years ago running across the yard. Um, but mostly, you know, harmless stuff that's not going to hurt. Uh, oh, we do get wild turkeys. Okay. Um, and they, there was one day where they, a couple of the males we have one wall that's a lot of uh it's glass doors all the way across and um i think the turkeys must have seen their reflection in the in the window in the glass because they kept uh making noise and you know goggling or what however you say that and uh it was pretty funny they were presenting their feathers and everything so but they were right up against uh right up against the doorway so that was kind of cool now, do you all have any pets with all that land? Do you all have any pets? No, we don't have any pets. Uh, with our crazy schedules and the fact that we're rarely, you know, we're really not home a whole lot, it wouldn't really be fair to have a pet. So we haven't uh, ventured into that realm yet. So I don't know if we will until our until our schedules become less, less crazy. So. Now, let me jump to baseball real quick. Do you remember where you were at and what you were doing when the Cubs won the World Series? Yes, actually. Um, Bob was actually with me. We were at the Mueller building when it was still the offices before they had the uh, new office building. The uh, front office used to be over there. And uh, Deb worked out with the supervisors or the managers for us to uh, – hang out in the break room over there. So there were about 15 of us, uh, supervisors and spouses and so forth. Um, I think uh, Jenny Keeley and her husband and Matt Gata, his girlfriend, uh, Sue Mayer. I know I'm forgetting more. There was more, but, um, but we were there actually watching on the TVs there. And it was one of those games 
where you know you're watching and you're like you're cheering yeah 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 and then oh no and then, <laughs> yeah. and then oh no so but yeah it was it was it was ama- an amazing night just because uh you know when we at once they won we went out into this little fenced in area where they had a little picnic table yeah. um on clark street and the the whole street was just packed full of people. I mean, the people climbing up the, the light posts and just going crazy. And uh, we ended up making our way over to the, the marquee and getting a picture. Uh, Brian Deutschman let us come through and just take a picture, a couple pictures right in front of the marquee because they had everything blocked off from the street. You couldn't get close, you know, right up next to the the building so uh but we did that and then went back to the uh to the office building and hung out watched the post post game festivities and everything for a little bit and then one of the craziest things i saw though was we were headed home and it was around i don't know around two o'clock trying to get out of the wrigleyville area and i was going down the side street and there were you could tell everybody else was heading toward Wrigley while we were heading away from Wrigley. But we saw one car where this gentleman was, he had a moonroof or sunroof in his car and he had his head sticking out of the sunroof while he was driving. So he's kind of like this, <laughs> like looking at, and I thought, holy cow, let's get out of here. I don't want to get, you know, get hit by anybody doing something crazy like that. So, uh, but, it, but it was fun. I we had a, on a, an amazing night. So uh, that's where I was. Were you on the trolley uh, doing the parade? I was on one of the buses. Uh, Jenny and Keely and I were on the bus with the coaches and Joe Madden. Uh, so we got to ride in the parade, which was a day I'll never, ever forget. What, what was it like seeing all those people? I mean, like everywhere. I oh, mean. my gosh. Yeah, everywhere you looked, there were people. I mean, even just going down Lakeshore Drive, they had uh, the southbound lanes blocked off and the northbound lanes, people were stopped in the middle of the lanes, just waving and taking videos and pictures as the, as the caravan went by. And, uh, and then seeing people like on some of those high rises uh, on Lake Shore Drive that you'd see, look way up toward the top and there'd be somebody up on their balcony just waving down at everybody. And, um, and then on Michigan Avenue, some of the stores like the third third floor there'd be mannequin displays and there you'd look and there'd be a mannequin and then a person with a camera and then a mannequin like (laughs) they were everywhere so they could try and see the caravan going by and um yeah just a sea of people everywhere but yeah that's a day i'll never forget i don't know why i never asked this question i've always wanted to know so when when the trolleys or the buses got from Wrigley down to Grand Park. Where did, mm-hmm. where did you all go? Like, did you all stay on the trolleys? I always wondered, did you all go backstage? Where did you all, when they got to Grand uh, Park, where did you all go? We went, they had a little area right in, kind of in front and off to the side of the stage, uh, kind of blocked off for staff and employees and stuff. So we were in that area. So we weren't in with the major part of the crowd. Uh, but we were still, you know, in front of the stage so we could see what was going on. Okay. 
Now, uh, I want to end on this because you've been to a lot of venues and uh, I've even been with you at some of um, the concerts uh, Art West. Uh-huh. And, uh, so uh, what are some of your favorite uh, concerts uh, to watch or musicians to watch? What are some of your favorite uh, and music-wise? Hmm. Uh, well, I've seen some really, really good shows at Wrigley. Um, haven't really seen all of it because I'm working always, but... Uh, but I enjoy Green Day. I I thought they did a fantastic show when I saw the both times when I saw them. Um, when I worked those shows, um, I'm a I'm I kind of had a have a weird um, taste in music, I guess, or of a wider range. I like all kinds of different music. Um, James Taylor, I like. Um, thought he did some really good shows. Um, we saw the police when they were there. Um, the one, I the one person I haven't seen yet that I'd like to see is Lady Gaga, because oh. I, she played Wrigley Field a couple of years yeah. ago, but I we had a wedding that weekend, so yeah. my niece was getting married, so I missed it. Um, so I'm looking forward to her rescheduling her date, um, hopefully soon. Uh, the other, the other person I'd love to see in concert is Adele. Like I watched, yeah. yeah, I watched that show she did uh, from Griffith Park. I don't yeah. know if you saw that with the Oprah. She did yeah. that. But just the views from up there were amazing. I yeah. thought, wow, that, yeah. So she's another person I'd like to see. Um, uh, then Bonnie Raitt's another one I've always wanted to see. So, um, but I grew up loving Sticks. That was the first real concert I went to was the Paradise Theater concert for Sticks. My brother, older brother took me when I was in sixth grade. Um, so those are probably some of my favorites over the years. Okay. I, I, I enjoyed the uh, Lady Gaga concert. Uh, the one that I missed was, I think it was uh, Sam Hunt, because I was out of town. Okay. Uh, and I'm just mad about that because I wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that um, one I saw. I, I like that. Yes, I, I would have loved to have been there for the same one. Um, yeah. concert, but the Lady Gaga was pretty good. Um, I, I actually surprisingly really enjoyed James Taylor when he was there. It was just a calm atmosphere, good right. music. Um, definitely enjoyed James Taylor. Um, yeah, and I, I like Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters, but I'm more selective on the songs. Like, I don't necessarily like their entire catalog but there's certain songs i like um you know and and things like that too so they're really and plus i listen to show tunes and that too it's being in theater so uh kind of listen to all kinds of different stuff okay so i always let my guests i try to let my guests uh end by see if they have a they have a question for me do you have any question at all there's one question that doesn't want me to answer you have a question for me Oh, boy. No, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess someday I'm going to have to ask you about the uh, the investing because you talk about that a lot on your oh, podcast. Yeah, and, okay, yes, I can talk about it all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and getting into that, maybe uh, get some tips from me on that. Yes, and, and 20, in 2022, I'm, um, I'm expanding uh, into real estate, so... Um, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, we're we'll talking more about that. I just got, I just got some property for Jordan actually last uh, this month actually. So, uh, okay. moving into real estate next is my big thing to talk about. So yes. 
So are you going to become a licensed real estate broker then? No. So uh, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this later on. But um, there is a um, private real estate investment firm called Fundrise uh, that links up uh, different properties around the country, private properties around the country that are being uh, either condos or houses that are going to be built. That are looking for private investors. Uh, that you invest in starting at either $500 and or more. Um, and based on the percentage that you invest in, uh, you're able to get back that amount and uh, uh, return on your investment. So um, it's a good way to get involved in real estate for people that don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, but right. it's a good way to diversify your portfolio on a level that's, that's affordable for you. Okay. So that's why I'm getting Jordan into it because uh, uh, he's in college and can't afford thousands of dollars, but uh, he yeah. can't afford to start investing in some of these private um, uh, real estate um, projects that are coming up around the country. So, Okay. Yep, well, I do have a question for you. Yes, now go that, ahead. Now that I think about it. Um, so I know you're a big food person, love going <laughs> to restaurants and stuff, obviously. You talk about yes. that. Is there, um, is there a favorite place for you in the loop? Do you go to any places in the loop? It's going to sound way, very, very bad. But yes, I am. Now, okay, two answers. Uh, the one place that I've always wanted to go, but I've not had a chance to go to, is the Walnut Room. I've always okay. wanted to go there. I haven't oh, had a chance yeah. to go there. But uh, I am infatuated with the fried pickles at Hooters. Something about those fried pickles at Hooters. Oh, really? Okay. Now, uh, I am in love with those. Uh, now, well, there's a place down there, by the way, called. Um, I think it's called Experience. It's a brunch place. Now, for brunches, oh, I like that place there. Uh, I love it there. But dinner-wise, I am hooked. Uh, there was one point in my life when I ate at a, uh, where I ate at Hooters just for the fried pickles once a month for like three years straight. <laughs> wow. Now, where is the Hooters? Where is the Hooters? Where, uh, on the Wells and something. Um, it's not that far. Do you know where the uh, Portillo's is downtown? Or the uh, the big Rock and Roll McDonald's that's downtown? Yes. Yes, yes, It's yes. like two blocks from there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's from there. So I, I am just, matter of fact, for Father's Day, that's what me and Jordan went, actually, was to get some fried pickles there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I've been spending a lot of time in the loop uh, working for Broadway in Chicago, and I'm always looking for somewhere to... Now, there's a food hall. There's a new food hall. I think, I think it's called Revival, I think it's called, by okay. Broadway in Chicago, by one of the theaters there. Uh, and okay. it's, well, it's cool because when you go inside... It's similar to a food court, uh, but it's all nice, like uh, gourmet type of unique uh, chefs and their establishments in this food hall. And you can try a different oh. one every day and have something different. If you go to the same place, you can have a different meal every day for two months. Wow. And that's called Revival? I believe it's called Revival. It's on Clark Street downtown. Um, oh, okay. okay. That's okay. you got to check out. Yeah. So you got to check out these new uh, food halls, they call them. Um, yeah. The new twist on food courts, but it's like uh, not they're not chain restaurants. They're actually smaller restaurants that you would find all over the city, but they're in this one spot. Yeah, yeah, I love that because then you get a little, taste something that you might want to yeah. go back to. You know, yeah, not not the traditional food court that has franchises like McDonald's and Panda Express. Right. No, this is a they're actually making the food there, and it's a different one you can try all the time. So. All right. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. All right. So I'm going to end on this new segment we're doing where we highlight a 
uh, Patreon member, uh, Kathy, you one too. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. I want to highlight today uh, Talisha Hubert, uh, one of our uh, very active Patreon members who comments on everything that we do, watches everything that we do. Uh, and in this new segment, we're going to ask our guest, which is you today, Kathy, uh, a trivia question that I'm going to randomly pull out of this bin. They're all okay. based on mistaken identity. So all the questions are based on that. Uh-huh. And if you get the question right, the guest, uh, Talisha, uh, the member of the month, Talisha, for this episode, I should say, will get to call and get a, a prize of their choice. So it's really up to, no pressure, Kathy, but up to you <laughs> to get this question okay. right. So if I don't get Talisha. it right, Alicia doesn't get it right. <laughs> uh, okay, I gotta get a uh, security ambassador at, um, at Wrigley. So okay. uh, let's see what the question is here. And if you get this question right, Kathy, uh, Talisha will be able to get a prize. Uh, so let's see what the question is. Let's see, let's see. Ah, this should be easy. So the end of our podcast now is mistaken identity beyond the ballpark. The question is, okay. what was the old name of our podcast? Mistaken identity with Frank and David. Yes. All right. <laughs> easy word. Yeah. So, Talisha, you have two weeks, Talisha, to reach out to us on Patreon or email, and we'll give you a choice of prizes that you can uh, select for. So, we're going to try this throughout the whole season. Hopefully, all our Patreon members will win something if our guest gets the question right. Uh, Kathy, thanks so much for being here. Any uh, final mm-hmm. comments? Most of our staff listen to this. Any final comments for our audience? Uh, no, just um, hoping that uh, the the players and the union come uh, and meet MLB come together and we actually get to play some games this year and, and be at Wrigley. This is one of the greatest places to be. So, yeah, and then we're at work. You have to come by my house one day, Kathy, and see and see this um, Kathy Wheatley production. You got to come see it in person. Yeah. No, the the picture behind you, Dan did right, Dan St. Clair. Yes, that right? picture okay. there, uh, and I'm telling you, the, the, the it doesn't do justice to see it there because you got to come see yeah. how big it really is um, nice. when you come over. So you're more than welcome to come over and check that out. Uh, so Kathy, right. thank yeah, you, and then thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all on the next episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Thank you all very much. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding mistaken identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search mistaken identity podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. Check out the network's other show offerings. Head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. 
Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty for the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. The 2-2 pitch. Fanatics Friday on the Mistaken Identity Podcast, brought to you by Fanatics, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Head on over to the show notes to gain access to the worldwide leader in licensed sports merchandise from all of your favorite teams, and be on the lookout for your chance to win some free items. Now, here are your hosts, Frank and David. Uh, so what took you so long to do the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know I am a busy woman, Frank. Every time you try to get me to do it, something's always wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we begin, because a lot of people, a lot of our people that are listening may not know this fun fact about you, but I believe you're the only African American female supervisor at Wrigley, right? Yes. The only African American one, yes, the only one. And how long? How long has it been that way? Two, three, three seasons, three years. Like how long has it been that way? Um, four seasons. Okay. Well, right. if we don't count last year, three seasons. Yeah, I don't. I think that most people uh, may not know that or don't. Uh, um, even though that's actually a thing, but yes. Um, uh, Toy is the, currently the only uh, African American female supervisor. Uh, at Wrigley Field in our department, which is um, event operations. But let's move on to uh, talking about you. Uh, and let me let the whole world discover. First of all, let's, let's, let's begin with this. So my co-host is not here. He's at work, which is David. And uh, David and I have talked about you on this podcast a lot. Uh, most of you probably haven't even heard yet. But uh, for our audience here, what is this love-hate relationship thing you got going on with David? What is it all about? How did that start? What's it all about? <laughs> David 
I'm mad David ain't on this podcast because uh, I got some words for him. <laughs> Me and David, I don't know why we just go back and forth. I mean, it's not real. Everybody might think it's real, but we just be joking, like playing and having fun. And it's funny because you all will post, you all will go at it even on Facebook comments. People will text me because they know I know y'all like, oh my God, what's going on with Toya and David? Do they hate each other? I'm like, just ignore it. This is just how they are. Like, stop asking me about it. Right. Because... <laughs> David, like, I would post something when I was, and he would just say something back smart. And I'm not going to let you say something to get away with it. I got to get you back. <laughs> So I'm gonna get you back. Then he's gonna say something else smart, and we just gonna keep going at it. <laughs> Which is why I'm glad he's not here right now because this would, this would be a two hour show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Um, I, I really wish he didn't have to work. He's a hard, <laughs> he's a hard working man, and I I compliment him for that. Now the other one who was supposed to join me, but he actually is still at work. Believe it or not, even though we just left the ballpark, he's still at work. That um, you don't get into it as much with him uh as you do with david but that is and you know he's a good friend of mine that is antoine uh so what, what's up with you and antoine what, what, why do you all go at it not as much though because <laughs> he, he get on my nerves too <laughs> he likes to say little funny slick stuff on the side and once again <laughs> i'm not gonna let you get away with messing with me um, yeah, I think and then, like this has been going on for like years. <laughs> How long has it been? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yes, and uh, but I, it's not like it's all love, no hate. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I have been able to avoid it because uh, I just I'm in the middle sometimes. But I just sit back and watch. Because me, like me and you get along, we don't have no problems. <laughs> But the other two, <laughs> I don't know about them. <laughs> um, now, let me ask you this question. So I think uh, your mom just had a birthday. Yes. Uh, now, your mom worked at Wrigley Field for two seasons or I think one season? One season. Um, yeah, she didn't. She didn't work the, well this season because of COVID. <laughs> so what was it like to work for work with your mom and you be her boss at work <laughs> oh, i love telling my mom what to do <laughs> like payback mom <laughs> mom stand here and scan these tickets <laughs> don't move unless i tell you to now just wait <laughs> but it was cool for me and the rest of us to be able to have somebody to tell on you two. Like, because Toya always gave everything. Oh, let go Toya mom. Let's, let's tell Toya mom what she did. <laughs> That's what we liked. My mom, y'all can tell my mom all y'all want. She, she's not going to stop me from getting y'all. <laughs> um, nah, I, I mean, I have to take it easy in front of my mom, but when she gone, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> Um, now there's one person that me and you have a lot of respect for, um, and that is Floyd. Uh, tell us about your relationship and your thoughts about Floyd. Oh, wow. When I first met Floyd, I was an usher. I could not stand him. <laughs> like, he was so mean. Like, every time 
I went to Gate after he was my supervisor. I'm like, oh man, he my supervisor. I want to go home. <laughs> like he was just so mean to me. Like I couldn't stand him. But like over the years, I we had like good good friendship, and now I like him, and I don't pay him no attention. I just laugh at him because. <laughs> You can't tell the difference if Floyd playing or if he's serious. Because he always got that same look on his face. Yes. And I'm yes. like, I don't know which Floyd this is, but <laughs> yes. Now, now there's one supervisor that you worked, I think you work with closely the most on a daily basis uh, in the bleachers, and that was Mike Smith, because I believe you were the uh, bleacher gate chief for a few years and then Mike Smith was there for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe you worked with him closer to the most. Uh, what are your thoughts about Mike Smith? I like Mike Smith. He was good. He's funny as we all know. <laughs> kind of miss him being at the bleacher gate. Yeah, Mike Smith is fine. No, I, I, uh... But me and him used to always go back and forth what I became a supervisor about the bleach. Like, you cannot, no, you was, me and him used to fight about the bleach. You was not going to be at the bleachers every day. <laughs> this is my gate, so you need to go to gate K or something. Get away from the gate. <laughs> now, and, so and, me and, and him used to go about the bleach gate all the time. Because as you know, I used to love being at the bleach gate all the time. Yes. Um, now, speaking of gate K, um, you're there. You're there a lot now because something that happened to you. So you want to tell people uh, that may not know who've been seeing you while you're in a boot. It's actually the dumbest thing ever. I was downtown getting off work, and I was just stepping down off a high curve, and my foot went in and out, in and out, and it was real, real swollen, and it's still messed up today. So I got a real, real bad high spray, and that's why I'm in the boots. And why you stuck at Evergreen at gate five, gate kid. Exactly. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm the new John. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, now, speaking of, speaking of, you have the boot now, but you came to the supervisor event at Club 400, and you were in crutches. Uh, so tell me that that hinder your experience or did you still have a good time or what do you think about that supervisor event i love the supervisor event like his house was amazing everything about the house from the bathroom like he had the bathroom decorated everything was nice like i, I need a club basement like that it was wonderful i had a good time i'm it didn't stop me from doing a lot, but I did have to, it slowed me down a little bit, but I still had a great time. And of course, uh, any event that I have involves food. So I had a whole lot of food. <laughs> now, tell, now, me and you eat a lot. So uh, tell our audience, do you think I eat more than you or you think you eat more than me? <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's a tough one. I, I think we eat about the same. Yeah, so Floyd took by the gate. Frank could eat an entire pizza and still be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and won't gain a pound. Like, I won't gain a pound at all, at all. 
Oh, uh, now we don't agree. I used on to be like that when I was little. Like when I was little, I was real skinny. I used to eat, 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 and not gain anything. I guess it caught up with me a little bit. Now, <laughs> a little bit. When it comes to food, though, there's one thing that we don't agree on, and that is canes. I think that canes is the best, like the best. And what do you think about canes? It's just regular chicken tenders. The only thing that's good about canes is the sauce. <laughs> and I don't know why you so hyped about canes. You can eat canes every day. No. Yes. Uh, give, me the, <laughs> give me the sauce and y'all keep the chicken tenders. <laughs> As a matter of fact, like every day when, I, when it's time to eat, so Jordan would text me and Jordan would be like, um, Frank, you know what you want to eat? And I'll say like, uh, Chipotle or I'll eat Taco Bell, whatever. His response would be, what about canes? Every day. So that's why I'm eating canes every day, mainly because of um, because of Jordan. But uh, speaking of Jordan, you've got some kids of your own. Uh, so shout out on into your, or your kids' names and their age. My son's name is Amari. He's 16. And my daughter is Malia. She's 10. Now, so why isn't your 16-year-old working for us? Why, why isn't he working for the Cubs? He can be an usher at 16. <laughs> well, it may when we started, he wasn't 16, and I asked him if he wanted to work. He said no, so I didn't make him because my son has so much schoolwork, like, and it was keeping him up all night, so I didn't want to have work, like, to interfere with his schoolwork, so that's the main reason why. I didn't let him work this year because of school and he had so much work to do. So what would you think, what would you consider to be the worst thing? Working with your mom at Wrigley Field or working with your son at Wrigley Field? Mm, it'd probably <laughs> be my son. Definitely <laughs> my son. Why? Because <laughs> I think I would have to like tell him what to do a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that whenever uh, whenever Jordan punches in and he don't like where he's at, my phone blow up. So I can just see the same thing happening to you. Like, I don't want to do no mobile order. <laughs> he don't think he's going to get special treatment. I'm not going to give you special treatment. I'm not your mom. Um, your boss right now, okay? So you're wait, not going to like you're not going to like me at work. <laughs> wait, wait, so you want him to call you Toya at work and not mom? Um... <laughs> Now, the one thing about you that I like uh, is that you are always traveling somewhere. You took what? You took like what? 18 vacations this, this year? <laughs> Not 18. Where did, you all, where did you go this year? Where did you go? This year, I went to Atlanta twice. I went to Tampa. I went to Miami. And I went to the Dominican Republic. And people talk about me traveling, <laughs> traveling all the time. Um, that's a lot. But yet you still, but yet you won't go on a cruise, though. Get a water. I don't know how to swim. <laughs> I, when I think of a cruise, I think of Titanic. I do not want to die in the ocean, okay? <laughs> how many years ago was the Titanic? <laughs> I don't, I do not care. Every time I think of a cruise, I think of a Titanic. But that cruise you showed me, I love go kart rides with the go karts at the top. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm scared. I'm scared of that too. <laughs> I'm, trying I can't to put together a, I'm trying to put together a small weekend type of cruise 
uh, for people that have not been on one, just so they can get it. Because you know, when I first went on the cruise, I was I wasn't scared of water, but just the idea of this huge ship, which is like a size of a mall, and it got restaurants and comedy clubs and nightclubs, like whatever. So I, I had to get a room. I had to get an interior room, and those are the rooms that you don't see the water at all. Uh, so mm -hmm. that was my first ever cruise. And I had so much fun on it that I was like, okay, I got to go again because I went to three different countries. I went to uh, Bahamas, Cozumel, Mexico, and then Jamaica, all in like three or four days. I'm like, this is amazing. So right. next year I went and I got a, uh, this time I got a room with a window that I can see out of it. And mm -hmm. I realized I was barely even in the room. Like I was barely in the room at all to notice. Um, and as you know, now I go three times a year. So once you go on one, you'll be hooked. Yes, I love going out of town, especially out the country. It's like, I think if my foot wasn't messed up right now, I probably would have been on another trip by now. <laughs> so let me actually talk about, I got two more things. And uh, let me ask you about, how did you even find out the first time about the Cubs job? Like, how did you even know that the Cubs were hiring, that you wanted to work there? Like, how did you find out about it? They actually came to my high school. They had an event at my high school trying to get um, us to come and work for them. So I just filled out the application and the rest was history. I actually had my son Amari. I went into labor on the mezzanine suite. Really? And, and Floyd, I kid you not, was my supervisor. <laughs> I went into labor at work and I wasn't and I was only 28 and a half weeks so I had him prematurely but yes I went into labor at Rigby Pier. I never knew that I never ever 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 knew that wow you never knew that no yeah. <laughs> I never yeah, knew I, that wow so did, they, did, they, did they call the ambulance and you have to, like what happened like yeah, they called the ambulance and the next day I had my son at Illinois Masonic Hospital. Wow, I did not. I, I thought you knew that. No, I wasn't there. Oh. I, I wasn't there. So. I, I know you wasn't there, but I yeah. thought I told you the story. No. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so that is something that a lot of you might not know. Not at all, no. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so you, your first job was what? Uh, security? Or um, what was Crocodile back then? Um, my first job was, I was an usher. I started off as an usher. And what were the uniforms back then when you were over there, when you started? Um, it was the white button-up shirt with the red C on the pocket, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so right. that was the first uniform, and we had khaki pants. Now, did you ever do security? Yeah, I did security. And what was the uniform then, when you, were, when you had security? Mm -hmm. Was it the green, was it the khaki and the white and green? I was an usher for a lot of years, and okay. then I turned to security. So then what, what made you want to become a gate chief? I decided that I wanted more responsibility, and I didn't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again, and I wanted to move up. So David was the uh, security boss at the time, and I talked to him, and I told him I wanted more responsibility, and I had what it takes for it to be a gate chief. And he made me a gay chief after that. And for those of you that are listening, she does not mean David Jones, because David Jones probably would have said no. So she, she does not mean that, David. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just so our audience know. She didn't. She didn't mean David Jones. Uh, she had to ask for that because. Oh no, uh, I'm not going to talk to David Jones about nothing. <laughs> um, now, what did you? What What were you doing? Or do you remember where you were at when the Cubs actually won the World Series? I was at home, and I was tired of waiting on a rain delay, so I went to sleep. <laughs> Same exactly like you. You went to sleep too, then. I didn't go to sleep. I so I had a, I had a flight early in the morning, but when they tied the game up, I was so mad I just turned the TV off. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they won. Then the horn started blowing outside, and then oh, they must have won. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when did you? So when did you find out? You found out the next day. I think I found out the next day. Yeah. Now I believe so. Were you a supervisor then or no? No, I wasn't, and I was so mad because <laughs> when we was interviewing and I got hired to be a supervisor, they was um trying to, you know, I read, didn't I read classes? So I'm like, I was mad that I didn't get the supervisor ring and I had to get the regular, <laughs> the regular working rings. <laughs> but you weren't a super, were you a supervisor when they won? No, I wasn't. Okay, okay. But still, I got <laughs> I just became a supervisor and we was doing the ring, so why I couldn't get my ring? I'm still mad about that to this day. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Now, do you consider yourself to be, are you a Cubs fan, would you say? Or, because I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a Cubs fan to the point where, you know, I'm going to be hurt if they lose or whatever. Now, I like certain players or whatever, but, like, are you a Cub fan, diehard? Like, you know, if they lose, you're having a bad day? and like. No, I'm not a diehard fan. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan, but if they win, I'm going to be happy. And if they lose, they just lose. Oh, well. Now, you have a favorite player or had a favorite player? I know some of them are gone now, but did you have a favorite player? I do have one. Or... Well, my favorite player. Um, I used to like Baez. And I love Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox was one of my favorite. When he pitched, I knew he was going home early. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I like Sam Bird too. He was yeah, yeah. number 23. My birthday is on the 23rd. Jordan number is 23. So 23 is one of my favorite numbers. Now, most people don't know that me and you have the same birthday. We're born on the same yes. day. We do. That's why we get along and we vibe so well. That's why. Um, yeah, like I think our birthday well. is it three of us or just two of us on the same day at Wrigley? I think it's just me and you. Because I believe well that month there was a lot of us. I think it's Mike. It's Smith, a lot of us. Uh, Mike, Mike and Katie, Kyle. Um, yeah, a lot of us supervisors are born yeah. around that in that two week period. Yeah. Uh, in that two week period. Now, so how many seasons have you worked for the club? How many seasons has it been? So I started, I'm old, (laughs) y'all. I started when I was 16 in 2002. Next year will be 2022. So next year will be 20 years. Yeah. And it it doesn't doesn't even seem like 20 years. I know. Yeah. yeah, Even with me. Yeah. Now, so out, out of all the games that you worked, if you could pick one game that was like the most exciting, like the most like what 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 is your one game out of all twenty years that you would never forget? 
I really don't watch the games because I'm always working. I'm gonna say mine, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you think about. It. I'm gonna let you think about yours. I'm gonna say mine. So I think for yeah. me, for me, that first World Series game that we had, it really that night game. We started so early, and then we got there. The, the streets were packed already, uh, and and the crowd, the atmosphere, everybody was nervous. It was like I think for me, that first World Series game that night is a game that I probably will never forget. It was just the, atm- the atmosphere was just. It was just a whole different level. Like we we in the World Series, but like the managers manager were wearing shirts and ties and suits, and it was just a whole different atmosphere that year. So I think for me, my favorite game that I can remember uh, right now out of all my years there had to be that first World Series game. Trying to think about it, remember when they won the Central Division and all the Cubs players and the families were on the field and they had on their shirts and they were spraying champagne yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and remember we had to stand on top of the um the club. Um, yes, <laughs> and I was just there watching, looking at it, and that was very a cool sight to see. I like that one. Yeah. Now, now, do you what do you have any uh any favorite Cubs convention moments at all? Because me and you tend tend to stay at the convention usually. Uh, and so we're there all day and all night. <laughs> um, any, My like, favorites was when we used to work at the Hilton. Oh, yeah. I used to love the Hilton. We had so much fun at the Hilton. I really had so many great women at the chair in the Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go back to the Hilton. <laughs> I remember at the Hilton, we, had, we used to have a party at night. The party was just so much fun. Yes. Um Definitely, I remember that. Well, uh, let me see. I always ask my guests if they have one question for me. Let me see. If you, have, you have one question for me before we, before we end this? One question for you. I don't really have a question. I can just talk about you. Sure. Let me like you say. Don't, don't say nothing bad about me on my own show. <laughs> nothing bad to say about you. Now, if David was on here, I would have something bad to say about him. But nothing but good things about you, Frank. Like, you are awesome. You're amazing. You're always giving. You're a very giving person. You always got something planned up your sleeve. I like how you take control. I like your leadership. You're just amazing. By the way, uh, you, all, you all can't see this, but um, she's wearing one of the obvious shirts that she got from the party, I think. It's a, it's a vibe. <laughs> um, Don't tell them what I did today, okay? Be quiet. I, did, yes, I won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't. But, um, uh, matter of fact, you actually uh, are still uh, waiting from a hat from uh, Lids. Um, and you are, you are a podcast member, so me and David both thank you for doing that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so now that you have come on and you see it's not that bad, maybe I can get, I know I want to talk about Erica. I almost forgot about it. She would have killed me. She would have killed me. So talk to me about your connection with another supervisor, Erica, because y'all are like two peas in the pod. So tell me about Erica. Oh, Erica, that's my girl. I love Erica. Like we talked about everything, literally everything, like, if I'm having a bad day, I can always go to her and talk to her about anything. And I will never have to worry about her, like, downplaying me or talking about me. Like, she's always encouraging. 
She just one of my really, really good friends. I love you, Erica. <laughs> yeah, so I know when she became a supervisor, you were ecstatic. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, have you all, now, because she, well, you all probably can't work together because you all are both, I'm going to say, have you all asked to work like at the Bleachers together or Laura Bowl together? But you haven't yet, right? We worked at the Bleachers together. I was at the gate and she was upstairs. So you know how that went. <laughs> yes. we was either right. downstairs or I was upstairs with her <laughs> yes and usually when we go out to eat um, she's a part of that group too that um, mm -hmm. well, uh, now everybody doesn't eat as much as the rest of us do I don't think when I and that's what we gotta do we, we gotta go out to eat we need some soul food Frank <laughs> yeah oh bro like, I want the greens the dressing the yams all that all that <laughs> one place that we do agree on which is down up on the north side is Pearls. We agree on that because we went there, I think, twice. Twice, yes. Uh, and I always get the catfish. Every time I go, I get the same thing. I get the smoked catfish. That's one thing me and Frank can do. Our birthday's on the same day, and we can go out to eat mm -hmm. all day, every day. And we can just have a good time eating food. <laughs> but you eat one thing that I don't eat, and that's shrimp and grits from Pearls. I love shrimp and grits. I'm not a shrimp and grits person. <laughs> I'm gonna get you on a seafood bandwagon. <laughs> no, I like seafood. Matter of fact, um, Jordan for his birthday wants to go to uh, the place we went to, Low, Low Country or mm -hmm. Wrigley. So Jordan wants to go there uh, for his birthday. Okay. So I eat some seafood, but just the combination of shrimp in your grits doesn't sound. Look, have you ever tried it before? No. <laughs> so you can't say you ain't like it if you ain't ever tried. No, you gotta try it. It's like saying putting fish in your grits. No, it is so good, so good. I I gotta see because uh, uh I barely I barely like chicken and waffles together, let alone shrimp and grits. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, our time is up, but uh, uh I'm glad we finally got to come on, and uh, you know, I'm sure uh, David will have a response to this episode when he hears it. At some Please point respond. Online. <laughs> Please respond, David. I'm waiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you very much, Toya. And uh, for the audience, I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast with uh, David and Frank. Bye, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Mistaken Identity Podcast with uh, David and Frank. David, how's it going today? It is going great. I am sitting back uh, at home watching some of the NFL draft, just uh, hanging out. How are you doing today, buddy? Good, good. I got a very, I got a, I got a story I want to tell you about. Um, uh, and I don't have kids of my own, but I, I have adopted, I guess you could say, some kids. And uh, I know you, one of your kids um has been linked up with the Rizzo Foundation for my last Zoom. So I'm gonna let you bring up that. But I want to tell you this quick story about Jordan Burks, who you may or may not know. He's somewhat of a hothead sometimes on uh, social media. Um, but there are two staff members at Wrigley, both with the letter J, Justin and Jordan, who I've known since they were kids. I've known Justin since he was a newborn from the hospital. I've known Jordan since he was a child. Um, and they now work at Wrigley, uh, they've been there for about like two years or so. Um, 
but Jordan during the pandemic uh, has actually, I noticed a change and uh, uh, going through somewhat of a like depression that I'm not used to because Jordan was a lively kid bouncing around, uh, knowing the heck out of me, driving me up a wall and then finding a new wall and driving me up that wall. Um, but things have changed during the pandemic. Uh, he's not close with his parents, but he's extremely close with his grandmother. His grandmother just passed. Um, so he's even more somewhat dejected uh, and even more closer to me now. Um, but I noticed a difference in him recently because he didn't even tell me he was graduating from college. He's so depressed that he doesn't care. Like it's not a big deal to him that he's graduated from college. I'm like everybody that graduates from college usually is excited about it, but he's in this mindset with the grandmother passing and pandemic and whatever that a uh, college graduation is not even uh, important to him. Now last week. Uh, he was depressed, and I know he likes new things. So I sent him a drone so he can learn how to use it. That'll get him, you know, he likes TikTok and all that kind of stuff. So send him a drone, figuring that out, the camera. Uh, and then he posted about his graduation yesterday. And I'm like, Jordan, why didn't you tell me that you were graduating from college in a few days? And he's like, I just don't care. Like, it's just not a big deal. It's like, he's just, he's caught in something that I'm just not used to. This is a bubbly kid. As you know, on Facebook, arguing about Black Lives Matter, <laughs> that's, usually, that's usually how he is. He's turned into this person that just I don't even recognize anymore. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm going to send you a card for your graduation. I know you don't care about it. It's not a big deal. So he's expecting a card, but I really sent him an iPad, the newest version. So hopefully um, him getting an iPad instead of a card will like jolt his spirit back in some kind of way because he likes that kind of stuff um i can't even get him to come back to wrigley right now he wants to eventually he just grandmother passed and everything's going on and just not the same kid so um that was my day today was uh you know trying to get jordan out of this hey you graduated from college everybody can't say that and he was just not really mm, it's just college i mean so uh now that depressed everybody Let's go to you and talk about, um, you know, because you've got kids that people have heard in the background, but they don't know too much about your kids. So I'm going to let you talk about them. Uh, well, yeah, uh, here at home with me, I have a 16-year-old and I have a 16-year-old a son and a 10-year-old daughter and a 2-year-old son. That's probably the one that's making all the noise. <laughs> um, well, it could be either one, <laughs> you know. But um, my oldest, um, and I know you hate when I do this, but thanks to you and um, your uh, connection with um, the Rizzo Foundation. Um, well, let's go back a little bit. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, about what, 2017, uh, my son was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was a germinoma. I hope I said that correctly. Um, brain tumor. And it like um, really affected us in so many ways, um, mentally, emotionally, uh, financially, uh, it was a burden. Um, so we went through the same type of uh, depression in a sense, um, well, at least I did for a little bit. And um, it was a very trying time. I took off work. Um, I was managing at a, at a retail store and I had to step down from that position. 
and take care of my son, obviously, with the um, chemo and the radiation. And it was just a nightmare. So when you do it for children, they start off at Lurie's for um, chemo. But then when you do radiation, you have to go all the way out to Warrenville because Lurie's is partnered with um, Northwestern, in a sense. And the only radiation center they have is in Warrenville. So imagine taking that trip from where I live on the west side of Chicago to Warrenville, which is like 40 minutes every single day. And then when you go there, you, you spend about 40 minutes, hour max, you know, and you're doing this every day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Anyway, long story short, um, he is recovered. He's doing well. Um, but again, thanks to you and thanks to um, the Rizzo Foundation, um, which um, took care of us and supported us uh, through this trying time. We are doing wonderful now. We're doing much better. Things are still a little difficult. Uh, we're still trying to get back on track with some things, but uh, we're doing great. And um, thank you for everyone that um, reached out to me during that time and supported us. And I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, it, it was just a, it was a long, hard journey. And he's doing great now, though. He's in high school. He's a sophomore. He just took his uh, PSATs today. So um, hopefully that turns out okay. But um, he's doing great and family's doing great. So. Again, thank you guys, and we appreciate you. So, uh, and, and it's not just you, but no matter how many times I tell people, I hate when people say thank you to me. I, I just, I, everybody keeps <laughs> doing it. So I'm, I'm going to just stop saying, because I hate people say, Frank, thank you for this, or Frank, you're doing a great job. Like, I, that bothers I don't know why that just, I, I just hate hearing things about myself. And people people continue to do it. So I'm going to stop arguing. Maybe, maybe I'll stop making a big deal about it. People will stop doing it. But uh, yeah, because, anyway. I mean, if I, if, if I didn't, if I didn't, Reach out. Well, if you didn't reach out to me, and we kind of connected. Go you know my my story. I mean, I was just being honest. I mean, you know the story, so I wouldn't have connected with the Rizzo Foundation through our contact. Um, and shout out, she knows who she is. So, um, I've seen her at the ballpark. I've seen the family. I've seen you know. But obviously, if we're working. We can't have that type of interaction. We're too busy. They're too busy. They're working on other things. And when they're out there, they're on the field working with their you know you know, other clients and things of that nature. So without you, with that, that with that bridge, I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, it, it wouldn't have happened. Just, just being honest. So you just got to take it, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I said all that to start off this session because I wanted people to see that you can't really tell what is going on with anybody uh, based off of what you see every day behind the scenes. There's a lot going on that you don't know anything about. And that leads me to our guest uh, today, who uh, we all saw back in January, and uh, things changed uh, for her as well. Um, and I have had, it's funny because I hate people thank me, but uh, she's been great for me since she left, as if she's never, as if she's still my boss. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's welcome to the podcast, Cheryl morally Sarah how are you well I am honored to be here um thank you so much and we have been in touch quite a lot Frank with um our our similar interests in and in podcasting and what we've been doing and it's been I valued our relationship and our ability to stay in touch but I have to say like those openings wow like really really 
touching Frank, first of all, your, your friend Jordan needs to realize that his grandmother doesn't want him to be sad. Um, every life is a lesson. And what he has to do is, is to ask his grandmother for a sign that she is still with him because she is still with him. And whether it's a, a feather, a penny, a bird, something that they had in common, if he just asks her, you know, whatever he called her, whatever name he used to send him that within a couple of days, he'll see the signs that his grandmother's still with him. And maybe that will turn him around. Your generosity of the iPad is, is incredibly touching. And when people say thank you to you, just say you're welcome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> like sometimes that's the only way that they really know how to express themselves. So just be gracious and say, you're welcome. <laughs> and exactly. It, it is, it's, it's not a big deal. I mean, I, we know the type of person he is. He's going to be humble about it. And also, uh, real quick, um, Frank, um, you do have my address. So um, when you do send out that, you know, special gift, just remember my address. Also, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I'll take an iPad too. Like, if you're exactly. there, yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> and David, the story of your son, I, I, I feel so bad that I didn't know. I didn't realize, um, you know, the times that we worked together, like what an amazing story, the, the strength, the courage of your family that, you know, staying together, it's, it's an incredible thing. Again, you know, a, a life is a lesson and I'm sure going through it, it's something that you asked several times of why it was happening to your son, why it was happening to your family, but you really have to look for, you know, the messages in that and, and look at, he's, he's taking his PSATs. He's 16. He's, you know, it's, it's really special that you were able to connect with the Rizzo foundation and have them help you, but what, what strength for him to be able to overcome that and, you know, give that gift to, to you and your family. It's amazing. So thank you for sharing those stories. Thank you. Um, yeah, he, he was a ball of courage. I don't know how, if, like I always tell people, if it was me, I don't know how I would have got through that, but he handled it well, handled it like a champ. And let me, um, just say this to you real quick. And I'm being totally honest. I'm not blowing any smoke up your tailpipe or anything like that. I'm just going to be honest. The one thing I can say about you, you didn't know this situation and you were always busy. You're always on the go. You're always busy running around. But the one thing I can always say, you were always so nice to me. You always stopped and said, hello, how you doing? Even if you had to run and run, like most of the time, I'm not going to lie. You were always running to the elevator. <laughs> so you run to the elevator <laughs> And I'm like, hey, Shirley, hey, how's it going? And you speak real quick and then you keep moving, you know. But I can always, like, you're you're like a person that epitomizes respectability and professionalism. And I really, truly appreciate you for that. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I learned from uh, Patty Legatuda that, you know, she said you have to learn something about everybody every day. Like, take one person and talk to them and learn something you don't know. And, you know, she said that when I first started being a supervisor and I thought that was the greatest takeaway of working with a team of 300 people. I mean, it's, you know, you might not remember everybody's name at that the moment because there's eight Bobs, 
you know, but to be able to sit and talk to them and find something out about that person is, you know, that's Patty's legacy. And it's, it, it really is, is a gift to be able to, to share that and to take the time to just, you know, it, it's wonderful. And my mom always told me that if you can use somebody's name, when you're talking to them, it makes them feel like you actually are engaged in the conversation. And then what Patty taught me about, you know, getting to learn something about somebody, it, all of those things go hand in hand. And it's, it, like you said, it's sometimes it's just a quick conversation, but that quick conversation could change somebody's day. You just never know, you know, Yep. We've all had bad days at the ballpark and maybe just five seconds in, in the hallway, right into the elevator and getting a quick laugh and is what the person needs for the day. So. Yeah. And also uh, really fast, I'm going to turn it over to Frank. Um, there was another instance where we had some kind of situation going on in the ballpark. And I know we were doing like kind of drills and like emergency planning and all this stuff. And it was, a, it was like a whole bunch of chaos, but. When you came around, you were the same way. You were even killed. A lot of people, they freak out. They start yelling at people and do this and do that, and, you know, and get in your areas and screaming. And <laughs> you stayed the same way the whole time. And you just don't know how, how much that means to people just to be the same way, stay calm, stay professional, stay within yourself, and don't let the moment overextend who you are. And that's, that's a testament to professionalism. I appreciate that. Thank you. I have always had that ability where um, my adrenaline in those situations slows way down. I, I, that's just my nature of, you know, I am able to think clearly my adrenaline slows down and I'm just, I, you know, be, I become a leader where other people there, it's the opposite. Their adrenaline goes through the roof. And so that's just a, that's just a gift, but thank you for recognizing that. Absolutely. So although we try very hard to uh, stay away from the day-to-day -day stuff with the works, with the, with the job because of the policies and whatever, people would hang David and I if we didn't address the elephant in the room, which is, <laughs> and we're going to try to do this in a way that doesn't get us in trouble, but um, when our staff and people last spoke with you, you were an employee of the organization and some things have changed between then and now. And I'm sure that's the reason everybody clicked on this episode right away. <laughs> so um, in terms that are broad and safe for us, can you sort of fill us in on the changes? So um, it's kind of a, a crazy story. Um, I worked for uh, DuPage Medical Group um, when I well, actually early in my career at Wrigley, I, I always have had two jobs. Um, being a paramedic, I started working with DuPage Medical Group in 2013, still worked at the ballpark. Um, I had a management role with them um, and went in 2016 when the opportunity came for me to take the EHS manager role. I left there uh, full-time. I stayed on part-time which was uh, crazy because I worked part-time during 2016 and 2017, which were both two playoff years. And it really wasn't fair to them that I was trying to give them time as a paramedic, but I wanted to honestly 
keep my skills active and I wanted to do IVs. I know that sounds like a, a sick thing to most people, but you know, patient care was important to me. Um, in October of this year, they had reached out to me uh, with a job offer to return. Um, it wasn't the right time for me. Um, it wasn't the right time for um, my husband and I, what we were going through, the position that they'd offered me was was just not the right fit. It was going back to something that I had already done. Um, they came back around again. Um, the third time we talked, the the job offer was something different. And it was a um, practice manager position, uh, which different fields have different um, levels of management. And this is, you know, almost like a director position would be at, or an assistant director position, I guess, would be at the Cubs. And it's, it was everything that I never thought that I would be offered. It was everything I never thought that I would be looking for because I really wasn't job hunting. It kind of fell in my lap. And um, I will say that I have been on an incredible spiritual journey in the last year. And I felt like the universe had been knocking at my door several times. And when this opportunity presented itself. I, I took a good hard look at where I was in my life and where I was in my career and what I, where I needed to be, um, both in my career, spiritually, mentally, um, with my stress levels. And I started to explore the opportunity. And, um, again, because it wasn't something that I sought out, it was a, a job that kind of came to me. I looked at it in a different way. And it's funny when I first started with them, I was working, um, in Yorkville. It was a, a very long commute. It was, um, I was working a 24 hour schedule of 6am to 6am. Um, it was just a challenging schedule. I would leave there. I would turn around. I'd go to the ballpark. I was a zombie. I was not getting a lot of sleep. And my partner actually said, Hey, did you see this job posting? This company's new They're You know, they're starting this immediate care thing. It's close to your house. Maybe it's something you'd be interested in. And I felt that the universe had sent that to me at the right time in my life then. And so I felt like this was just another situation where the universe was sending me an opportunity that I needed to kind of pause and internalize and meditate on and, and realize like, yes, this is, this is where I need to be. Um, I'm not going to lie. Making that choice was probably the most difficult choice I've ever made in my entire life, leaving the Cubs, leaving my family, leaving my family of, you know, 13 years, all the people that I've shared these incredible moments with the, the, all of this time, these, these ups and downs. I just, I was talking to Joe Carter today and we were laughing because I said, you know, I always thought that Wrigley, like the staff would make a really good reality show because we've got all these, all these things that like, we, if somebody just took the time to film us, yes. like we would definitely be a really good juicy reality show. So, yeah. you know, leaving behind a lot of wonderful memories and people that I consider family and experiences that I never would have imagined would have been in my life was, was definitely 
a, a hard decision. And my last day was full of a lot of, a lot of tears and memories and remembering and looking back. And it's, uh, it's something that, you know, is truly, truly special. And I will treasure my time with the Cubs for the rest of my life. And I hope, you know, that those relationships that I've made, those friendships that I've made, those people that I consider family will stay family. I feel like this is the best year to leave because almost everybody that you didn't expect to leave left. Uh, Cindy, Nancy, <laughs> I mean, just like <laughs> Mike and Cade. Uh, I know. Just like, I'm just like, this is the year to go. If I'm going to go, this would be the year to go because everybody that you never thought would ever go yeah. left, is gone now and you can just fit right in. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because when, when Michael had said that he was leaving, um, because I was in charge of our mass communication app, you know, I got a notification to remove him from the app and I reached out to him and I was so proud of him for making the choice. And, you know, these decisions like this are, are truly difficult. And I talked to Cindy when she made her decision and we had talked before she had announced it. And I mean, these are, these are life changing decisions that we make Nancy's decision to, you know, take the position in Japan. These are truly life altering decisions, but at the same time, so was deciding to work for the Cubs. Like, that changes your life in a different way and you grow into this family, but at the same time, it's, it's nights, it's weekends for eight months of the year. You live at 1060 West Edison. Literally my Google has finally realized after 14 <laughs> years that I don't live at 1060 West Edison, yeah. no matter where I was in the United States, it would always put that as my home. So <laughs> It's, you know, those are huge decisions that sometimes, you know, we don't allow ourselves to make. So having the courage to make them sometimes, you know, you need those accolades and you need the people supporting you because it's just as hard to leave as it is to, you know, to move into that role. And the one big one on my mind is um, Marty Moore, because I feel like, you know, I'm not able to check on him now because he's not, you know, Marty, Marty was supervisor. Well, he was a crowd control when I first started back in the day, but Marty Moore had like 30, 35 years. Marty didn't come back this year. No. So it's like, this is the year oh. that, this is the year that, you know, everybody who you never, who you expected to see, they're all gone. Like this is, oh. the, this is that year. Yeah. That's that sad. Year. Yeah. I'll have to give Marty a call because yeah, you're right. Like being able to check on him and just make sure he's okay. Marty's got an incredible story, an incredible life story. Yeah. So yeah. you're right. Like not being able to just know that, you know, the start of the homestand, he's going to show up and you're going to see him in the, the supervisor's room downstairs. Yeah. That's sad. That's yeah. sad. I was just going to say real quick. Um, if anybody, you know, uh, can reach out to him or, if anybody's listening to the podcast that talks to them or anything like that, just let them know that we're thinking about them, um, that we miss them, and we miss all the people that didn't come back this year for whatever reasons. And um, we miss you guys. That's pretty much all. Yeah, we've all had our our Marty search situations where 
somebody, you know, hadn't heard from him or somebody heard through the grapevine that something had happened and we, all the supervisors get on, you know, a, a text message or phone call and say like, all right, who's going to call him? Who's going to let the last time it happened? Um, it was Michael Kincaid. And he, and I talked to him afterwards. He's like, well, Marty was really happy to get a phone call and, you know, he was perfectly fine, but you know, it's, that's the family unit that people just can't conceptualize and unless you're part of it, that it's, you know, we will go to the ends of the earth. We'll walk the streets to find if Marty's walking from point A to point B, because we need to get in touch with them. You know, it's just, that's the, the intrinsic value of the connection that we will always have. Yes. Yeah, so, so I want to move to a lighter note. And there is something from work that I can ask you about. And uh, you have probably the, the best viewpoint of this situation of anybody that I know, I think. And I want you to tell me about the 2016 World Series run experience for you because you were close up to it. It was, um, it was surreal. It was definitely surreal. It was not something, you know, I started in April and you think, okay, the team is great, but there's no way that you can imagine that in just a couple months, you're going to be planning a world series. And it was, you know, I was, I had all the experience from working event operations, but I was hired as EHS, um, Fortunately, James respected my security experience, so I crossed over quite a bit, but being involved with something that large and something that great, I think we all learned that like you can accomplish anything like with a good team and with communication and planning, like you literally in your life and everything you're going to do there is nothing you can't accomplish. And, you know, it's funny and I don't want to ever use it as like a bragging situation, but, you know, in my new position, when things come up, I'm like, like, dude, we, we, we did a world series. Like, this is nothing. This is peanuts. Like we, we managed to plan a world series and have everything happen. And the, the pace was just intense you know, I remember getting up at three in the morning so that I could get to the ballpark and work with Eddie Hoyos and Vince on, on the team bus coming in and getting the players cabs and making sure that everyone was getting home safely. And like, you know, it was just in, and people texting me, I just saw you on the five o'clock news as I was, you know, walking players back and forth to get into a cab or out of the bus or into the ballpark it was just not something that I ever would have put myself in my mind of like, here, I'm going to be smack dab in the middle of this or being on the field and, you know, being a part of that. I, funny story, my husband and I went to um, Cooperstown. Well, I was with the trophy and my husband joined me and we had never been to Cooperstown together. He played baseball there when he was younger, but we went into a store and this lady had a picture of the first world series game, a photograph of the first world series game at Wrigley. And it was, um, it was a panoramic picture. So you could see everything, all the outfield, all the field and everything. And we were like, Oh, cool. A picture of Wrigley. And the lady brings it off the wall and she shows it to us. 
And she's like, isn't this amazing? Oh my God, it's the first world series. And my husband was like, uh, my wife is right there. Pointed, <laughs> pointed to me in the picture. And she looked down at the picture. She looked up at me. She's like, oh my God, that is you. And we had to buy it because it was like, you know, we'll never experience this again. We will never experience this. And then being able to share the time with um, Julius and Mario in 2017, doing the trophy tour and ending up, you know, all over the United States with the trophy and traveling with the trophy and sitting on a plane with the trophy next to me. Like I just, there's no way that anybody can take those memories or that experience from me and how special it was and how, grateful I am to have been, you know, given that opportunity or put in that situation. And, you know, I'm just, I'm humbled by the whole thing that I was able to be a part of it. And I was able to have those experiences. And it's a little weird now, because I will say, even today, I I, I met a new um, paramedic that I hadn't met before. And she was like, Oh, yeah, you were here, you went to the Cubs. And then she stops and like, it's like weird that everybody knows that story and they're expecting me to say something more than I'm saying. And I'm like, and I'm back now, you know, like, it's just, it's part of my life. It's part of my existence. It's, but I, I don't ever want to brag about that or take advantage of what that situation was or make it look like I'm trying to show off because I was a very, very, very small piece in a gigantic puzzle where everybody worked their asses off to make sure that that ran as smooth as possible. And there were so many people behind the scenes and there were so many affiliates that we worked with and, you know, law enforcement agencies and the FBI partners and MLB. And there were like, everybody put so much time and energy into that. I was just one little dot on, on that, you know, that whole existence. So I, I treasure it, but it's, it's not something that I ever would have imagined that my life would have been part of. So, um, well, Cheryl, I love you to death and you're great and you're awesome. But, um, if that would have been me, <laughs> I would be bragging right now. Sorry. <laughs> I love all my coworkers. I love them. I, I appreciate everybody. I wouldn't stop talking now if I, if I would have made it in 2016, I'd still be talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. But no, that's just a testament to who you are seriously. And, um, you know, you can't have it any other way. That's, that's what you were brought there to do. And you made that possible. You were not a small piece. You were bigger than what you think. It's just the, the humility and the grace that you show that's why you're looking at it that way, but you play a bigger part than you can ever imagine. And that was huge because I was at home watching it when I got off work and I'm, it was just so surreal to me. So I can't even imagine what you were going through. It, it had to be just, just an awesome feeling. It, it was amazing. And, you know, leading up to it and working with the team that we did and the, the supervising team and how strong we were and, you know, in 2015, when we lost at home to the Mets and, or no, we won at home and we were celebrating. Um, we did the curtain at the time. Do you guys remember the curtain? Yeah. 
And I had the curtain. I think Gene was supposed to have the curtain, but he had school the next day. So I said, I'll take the curtain for you. So because you always got ended up staying late if you had the curtain. And everybody was celebrating um, with Derek on and Hannah on the concourse. And they're like, we're taking a picture. We're having all the shade. I'm like, I'm at the curtain. I am busy. I And they're like, come and have one drink or get in the picture and then walk back. And I took one picture and I went back to the curtain because I always looked at it like there's a team of people that like this is the biggest moment for them. Watching the players walk through that stupid curtain that we had to deal with. It was a big thing to people that that was their that was their world series that they got a chance on those days to watch the player walk by or, or, you know, maybe get a high five from somebody. We didn't talk to the players. We weren't allowed to, but being in that curtain and being able to walk through there, protect the players for that 30 seconds that they walked through, that was important. Like those small moments make everybody feel like they're a part of it as well. And so, you know, I wasn't going to turn around and leave and go, you know, have my drinks on the concourse while my curtain team was, was there walking the players out and still, you know, doing their job. So all the years that led up to it, all the hard work, all the people that put their time in, you know, those are all moments that I remember and I treasure. And we were just a really, really good unit. We were a really strong team and we were able to, to make it happen. Like there's really nothing that you can't accomplish when you worked a world series, literally there's nothing that you can't work. As long as you have the communication with each other, there's nothing you can't accomplish. I think it must be maybe more than 500 people have tried on my world series ring. (laughs) Really? That's awesome. Because like, I mean, everybody, the World Series ring is like the best conversation starter ever. <laughs> you are right about that. You are yeah. right. And about now that. yours though is probably way better than mine. <laughs> I honestly, I have not worn it very often. Um, it's in a safety deposit box. So when we first um, got them, unfortunately, my great aunt had passed away. So I wore it to the funeral to show family members, which is really morbid. Um, I wore it to a friend's wedding and a few, I I would say probably six times total. I've worn it before it went into a safe deposit box. And as soon as like neighbors realized, Oh, you work for the Cubs. I was like, yeah, let's not keep this in the house. It's just not, not a smart idea. So, but I'm glad you get to share yours and being at the ballpark with fans that makes it all the better. Yeah. Oh, and uh, in short, in short, her um, her ring is bigger than yours. It is. I know. She didn't want, she didn't want to admit it, but she didn't want to say it. But it is. <laughs> now, I actually, I actually just surprised a little kid with a ring. Um, we had some zooms back in February, and there was this one kid who was on every zoom. And uh, on uh-huh. that zoom, I noticed him. Like, who is this kid? This is a young kid. Um, so I turned his mic on. He was the last one. Turned his mic on. His name was Gus. And he said his favorite player was Rizzo. Um, so last weekend, actually, um, I had told him on the Zoom, I'm sending him a gift. So he thought it was going to be a baseball or whatever. But I actually was able to send him a replica uh, World Series Rizzo ring. And he went like crazy. 
Oh, that's awesome. And I posted the video on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. I'm going to try to have Joe add the video to this. But you got to hear this young kids. Like, and it's funny because the kids, the Cubs have always been good. The Cubs, yeah. the Cubs have always been good to these, these little right. kids. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. know all yeah. the suffering. <laughs> yes, all right. the years. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Remember when we sat on that phone call? Yeah. Uh, for the Cubs, mm -hmm. for Mrs. Schmidt and Mr. Frank. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what they sent. Now, I want you to open it up. Do you remember what he, he told he told you? He asked you who your favorite player was. Rizzo. Yeah. Now, so this next part I want to talk about, David doesn't know this, and I purposely did not tell him about this project you have right now, but David's going to love this, though. So you, now we're, me and David are um, rookies at this podcasting thing. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, we're just. I beg to differ. You know what you're doing. You've got it done. Having fun. We trust me. We're just having fun doing. It. We, we we don't really. We just. David and I had an idea to do a podcast. We didn't know it was going to get to what it is now. So, um, we couldn't definitely teach anybody how to do this. But <laughs> you have uh, dipped your toe into the podcasting game too, and I want David to hear your your podcast uh, theme because it is awesome and amazing. Uh, and it shocks the heck out of me when I first heard it. But uh, tell us about your podcasting project. Uh, well, I would love to. So um, I, we probably started dipping our toe into this field about the same time. Um, my best friend, she lives in L.A. And I have been wanting to start a podcast for a while. And um, we both have a love of the show A Different World. And we will text each other things back and forth when we see it, when we see things on YouTube or social media. And so on a whim, I said to her, I said, let's start a podcast about a different world. <laughs> and she was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so she's um, a writer, but she works in uh, corrections in L.A. at a juvenile hall. And I'm an artist by school but obviously don't do that. So we both kind of don't work in our, our true passion. And so I was like, this is great because we both have artistic backgrounds that we can move into this world with. So we are starting a podcast. We've um, recorded our, our pilot shouts out to Joe and for you for um, leading us to Joe for helping us um, get our, our pilot recorded and out, but our podcast is called Back in the Day, and we are breaking down all of the 90s black sitcoms that we loved, like A Different World, Living Single, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin. Um, those are shows that we grew up on that are still relevant today, that were relevant back then, and it's a lost art for some reason you know, the, the black sitcoms were, were great in the nineties. Everybody was doing it. I know different networks helped um, produce those shows, but it just kind of fell off and the representation 
of Black America changed in the media. And, you know, it, it's kind of bothersome because you need the representation of people of color, of what they're experiencing, of, you know, different views of, of people of color, of how life is in college, in, after college, getting your first job, starting a family, all those things that really are completely relatable to every person, no matter where you are in the United States, no matter, you know, what race, gender you are, it's, those things are all relatable. So we're, we're taking a spin on it of a little bit of comedy, but also looking at the, the issues that they, the shows dealt with and how those were relevant then, but still relevant now. And, you know, like a different world was the first show ever to talk about AIDS. They were the first show to deal with date rape. They were, you know, um, a lot of gender issues, a lot of equality issues that just don't really necessarily get brought up in a comedy setting anymore, but it doesn't mean that because it they're, you know, brought up in a comedy show that they're also not relevant. All of these shows really did a really excellent job of expressing some of these issues. And obviously those shows, you know, we have our, our favorite episodes and we have the things that we are still sending memes to each other and laughing about today, but that is, that is our focus. And uh, my friend is I'm going to be in town next week. I can't wait to see her. And we're going to do a a blast recording and get a whole bunch of uh, shows recorded in the bank. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we will we will be um, posting. We do have our our Twitter. Our Instagram is up. We haven't gone on Facebook yet because we want to make sure that we've got some shows to promote. But we're you know, we're saying join the posse come with us and hang and, and laugh and, you know, listen to the opinions we have. Um, we're also thinking about doing for our Patreon site is looking at movies of, of that time as well. Um, you know, and breaking down some of the movies that were, were favorites of ours. And so we're, we're really excited. It's a, it's a good outlet for both of us. We, like I said, we both have full-time jobs and, in something other than what we're doing um, or our heart's passion. So this is a good outlet for, for both of us. Yeah. So if you want to see how our podcast is supposed to be done, you should check out theirs <laughs> because we are just amateurs that are just talking and having fun. So not at all, not at all. <laughs> you are doing amazing. And we, that's a lot of the conversations we've had over the last couple of months of like, have you heard about this? Did you see this? Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? Michael Kincaid has helped a lot with that too, but you know, that's one of the things that is really great because it's keeping us connected and, and we're, we're supporting each other. We're, you know, getting the word out for like, Hey, have you heard about this? You know, like I'm emailing you stuff, you're emailing me stuff. We're texting each other about stuff. So, and that's, that's what gets it done. Now me and David are on the same age. So he may remember this, but I remember, I think it was Fridays on ABC. I think it was called TGI Friday, I think it was. And there was a show called Family Matters. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was in love with that show. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. Yes. Oh, we God. And what, that's one of the shows we're going to do because my friend has a huge crush on Jaleel White. Okay. And she's oh, uh, she, living in L.A. She's run into him several times. And so she's like, we have to get him on the Patreon. We have to interview him. I'm like, absolutely. Try, you know can't hurt to try. 
I keep telling her about all the wonderful interviews that you have and all the people that you've been in touch with. So I'm like, hey, there's no reason that we can't try this as well. And then uh, I'm going to David to his favorite shows, but now it's kind of controversial, but I love the Cosby show. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, Claire Hustable, too, yeah. you know, getting people together and her smart, like to see a lawyer and a doctor in this huge house, like the Cosby show for me was must-see TV. Oh, yeah. Whenever it came on. Um, and I, I wish that there was more for this generation to see the Cosby show because there's no equivalent that I know of, of, of a wealthy black family on tv primetime that you can watch like the Cosby show so uh that was my go-to um back in the day exactly yeah i'm i'm with you on that and um honestly i don't feel bad about it because i mean we didn't know the issues that that certain person had we're just kids we're just enjoying television you know that's the only thing we did back then we didn't have the internet and we didn't have iPads and cell phones and I mean I could barely dial on the rotary phone that we had so I'm like we didn't have any you know we didn't talk to anybody your mom wouldn't let you use the phone after seven o'clock and all this stuff <laughs> I mean seriously I mean it's like and I, um, I don't know if you know I um, oh what's this do you remember uh, Rock oh yes. yeah yes I, I love that show. show I love it I loved him <laughs> didn't he pass yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I loved him though. I think he did. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I loved him. And it's funny, we found a lot of shows that we might not call like our top three or four, but we found episodes of shows that were like, "This is a great show." Like this, this episode touches on X, Y, or Z, whatever. So we we've, we've got about ten shows in our queue. That we're that we're utilizing for the podcast, and we're pretty much open to to anything as long as it's you know, not all of them are going to be heavy and weighty, but we also don't want to ignore the issues that are also underlying in in some of these shows because that's what makes them so relevant. That's why they still are on television now. That's why VH1 is playing a whole day of Fresh Prince of Bel Air or they're playing, you know, like eight episodes in a row of Living Single because that was Living Single was friends before friends was friends. Living Single started first and it was all about the people after you graduated college, starting your first job, making your way in the world. And that was, you know, Queen Latifah's dream is to have this show. And then friends came after and became, you know, blew up and became what it was. But there's, there's other shows that paved the way and, you know, talked about those important issues and had great comedy, great comedy. Now, I was at a friend's house uh, one day. Uh, uh, well, I was I had pneumonia. I was sick and I couldn't. Um, I really Why were you out of the house if you had pneumonia? <laughs> no, well, I, I was there. I was there. I think I was in um, Seattle for like two months, I think it was. Oh, OK. Uh, visiting a friend. I took the Amtrak for three days, took from here to California for three days on Amtrak. Um, and I was, cause I wanted to be in the West coast, but I, I had caught pneumonia. I guess it was raining there all the time. Seattle was weird weather, but, um, sorry, I didn't pneumonia. get all paramedic. No, it's good. No, it's fine. That's a, good, that's a good question. Uh, but it was, um, and I could, he went to work, um, him and his wife, um, they went to work. So I didn't, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And, uh, they only had one 
DVD collector set, and it was a girlfriend. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to watch this. It'll be boring. And like, what what could I possibly get out of that? But I was, I didn't want to get up because I just wasn't feeling. I didn't have the energy to get up at all. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna watch this girlfriend's because I don't have anything else to watch. I'm in Seattle. I don't know what's going on. I'm sick. So I put it in. I ended up watching it in like three seasons of Girlfriends, not knowing that it's something that guys can watch and love. Yeah, it's a great show. That was pretty good. I got to yeah, say. As soon as I told my mom we were doing this podcast, she's like, oh, you have to have girlfriends. She's like, I love that show. And it's out of our 90s time frame. It goes right, into yeah. 2000. So we have to, yeah. you know, look at what our, our range is. Although Different World started in uh, late 80s. So we have to have our range. But right. great show. Definitely a great show. Shout out to Tracy Ellis Ross because she's in that as well. And yeah, she's wonderful. Now, so if folks wanted to find uh, you, your podcast, uh, and we're going to share it on ours as well. Uh, I'm all about cross promoting, but if folks wanted to find your podcast, what platforms, what do they go to? So we are right now, we haven't um, posted anything yet. I will definitely um, put that on my social media, but it's um, back in the day is the name of the podcast. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter right now, soon to be on uh, Facebook and our pilot will most likely be dropping um, next Friday, which I don't know what date that is, but um, like I said, we've got it recorded. Um, We're just making sure that everything is Perfect. Joe's been wonderful helping us edit. And we want to make sure that the um, pilot episode, which is short and gives a little like coming attractions, doesn't go out too fast before we can get some of the other episodes out. But we are we our host is Spreaker. I think I mentioned that. And it's um, podcast back in the day is what we are on all platforms. So any social media platform, it's podcast back in the day. We got a really fun logo. We're working on some other, um, some fun things like you're doing with some of the graphics and everything. So it's it's great to like collaborate with all these really creative people that are are just amazing. And I know I'd said this to you earlier. Like when I was in art school, like I never would work where I am right now. This that my whole life would have been different if we had all these opportunities because I just would have been creating. Like for everybody, like this is, this is amazing. So it's really good to work with a lot of these, these creative people, but um, podcast back in the day, again, is Twitter and Instagram. And um, I will probably put something on Cubs coworkers uh, in the Facebook group, just so that we can announce that launch. And then all of my other um, outlets on social media it will be, it will be there as well. So you'll, you'll hear about it, but figure like in the next two weeks, we'll, we'll start to get it out. So uh, tell David and everybody else what happened the first time you heard our theme song. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the funniest story. So I spent probably four days going through all of these sites with, um, music that you can use. It's a very, very regulated aspect of the podcasting world is music and, you know, it's licensing and et cetera. And I sat in our kitchen and I would, I probably had like 20 songs and I would ask my husband, what do you think about this one? And give me his opinion. And I narrowed it down to four songs and I sent it to my podcasting partner and we chose this one song. We're like, yes, that's totally it. 
It's totally our vibe. I love it. Yada, yada. So we started recording some, um, just, we, we wanted to see how we gel. Obviously you guys understand that you got to feed off each other. And so we started doing zoom recordings and stuff. And I put them on Spreaker and I was, um, like basically storing all these shows on Spreaker in the morning. I wake up, I, I'm a little bit addicted. So I put my speaker on, I put a podcast on, I get showered and ready and everything. So I put the podcast on and I get in the shower and I'm like, wait a minute, am I playing my Spreaker song? <laughs> what, what's going on here? Like, what did I just play? And all of a sudden Frank's voice started. I said, they stole our song. I'm like, I don't believe this. They stole our song. <laughs> So I, I got out of the shower. I stopped it. I go back. I, I'm looking at my phone. Like, this is like not happening. I can't believe this. The first person I text is Frank. And I was like, you're not going to believe this, but we chose the same song. I, wow. I sent it to my, my friend, Tanya. And she, I literally thought I was listening to one of the recordings that I had done. I could not imagine like how weird is it that yes. the four of us all chose yes. the same all of these yes. songs these millions <laughs> of songs in the universe we chose the exact same song yes. so i tell her this and i'm gonna be honest with you i'm sorry she's like those bastards they stole our song. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> and, I, and I was like, they didn't know, like, but I was like, this is, this is awful. What do we do? And she's like, I don't know. So I'm like, well, we've got to pick a new song, but we're, we're like, well, let's see how it goes. Like, so literally every time I would turn on the podcast, I would listen to see like, is it the same song? Is it not the same song? We fortunately with her being in LA, she started working with somebody that's trying to create a little bit of a, a parody mix of some of the theme songs. But that that moment, I was like, literally in shock, like, <laughs> and, and it shocked me because we, we chose the same song, but like the fact, and I told Joe this as well, shout outs to Joe, our editor, but I was like, you're not going to believe this, but we literally chose the same song, David and Frank, me and Tanya, the four of us for <laughs> our two separate podcasts, both starting, we were both literally starting in the same month, yeah. chose the same song. And I was like, well, they beat us to the punch because they got it out there before we did. So here we are. And the funny thing is that, uh, you know, Corey is working on a personal one, but with lyrics for us in it. So pretty soon, neither one of us will have that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a great song, though. It really is a great song. Um, and shouts to whoever produced it or created that. But I mean, literally the the irony of that and like the kismet of the whole thing and I, I i remember just stopping short of like what did i just turn on why is our song playing it because you know you you record and you listen yeah. to it so it becomes part of your your memory and it's it was just it was so that morning was just so weird and i remember texting you frank and being like you're never going to believe this he literally chose the exact same song Yes. I'm gonna say I can I can picture Cheryl just getting ready for the day and she hears the beat, she's nodding to the beat, and the next thing yeah. you know, she hears his voice is like, Welcome to mistaken identity. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it was all of a sudden it was Frank's voice, and I was like, 
that's not my voice. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it was great. It was great. And but kudos. I mean, and that shows me that we are like both on the same wavelength. Like we are, you know, it's just it's awesome that as we're both doing this, we both chose the exact same song. I think it's amazing. Which which makes me think, you know, I, I I'm a huge and I'm missing you right now, but I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. Me and, too. Uh, Grey's Anatomy does a lot of uh, crossover shows with uh, Station, whatever. And um, I was just thinking right now, like with the song thing, that we should do a crossover. Oh yeah, we'll definitely have to do a crossover. Um, you know, one day um, with you all and vice versa. We got we got to do a crossover one day when people can listen to the same episode on both shows. That'd be kind yes. of cool. That would be amazing. I love Ooh, that yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have to do an episode of Girlfriends or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, and this has been. If you can, if you can, uh, if you can uh, see if you can work your magic with um, Tracy Ellis Ross, I would love that. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. I I would love to interview her. I'm a, a huge fan. Um, Pattern Beauty is her hair product company, and we're trying to get her to be a or well, the company to be a sponsor. Um, we're, we're being, being very, very thoughtful about the sponsors that we're reaching out to, to be part of it. But, you know, I, I love her and, and we've identified people that we want to interview Debbie Allen, Tracy Ellis Ross, but, you know, obviously like Jasmine Guy and Kadeem Hardison from uh, a different world would be ideal, but, you know, we've, we've, we've got, we're shooting, we're shooting very high and we're, we're going to try to get those things to happen. Now, uh, Tracy, Ellen, Tracy Ellen Ross is supposed to be in the black version of the Golden Girls. Yes. Um, so that should be pretty good. Because I, I love the Golden Girls as it is now. But um, she is, yeah, she's, gonna, she's, a, she's pretty good. She's going to be in the black version of that. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes. Well, this has been absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to have um, uh, you back for more things. And, of course, the crossover um so daryl daryl look at daryl from i meant to say david and cheryl but i said daryl <laughs> david i'm sorry joe can edit that out not a big deal yes. uh david any final words uh for today uh just once again thank you so much for everything you've done for me personally um i really appreciate you um, I learned some new things about you, and that's amazing. And I wish you the best in your career and your podcast. And I'm a big supporter, so I'll always be there. And um, thank you again. I really appreciate you. Thank you. And Anna, this was just an honor to be on with you guys and to be able to have this time. You know, the the time that we caught up before we started recording was incredibly special as well. You know, that's why I'm saying these relationships that we build from working with the Cubs organization, it's it's just something that nobody will truly ever understand. And, you know, I know that there's no matter what, we will always be friends. We will always be close. We will always support each other in, you know, our business efforts and our life and our family. And there's a, never a time of day that, you know, I can't reach out to you guys. And I hope you feel the same that, you know, you can always reach out to me as well. I, I can't wait till I can get back to the ballpark. I don't think I'll probably watch the game. I think I'll spend the whole time talking, 
but it was honored. It was an honor to be here with you guys and catch up with you. I really, really, truly mean that. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to us and we will catch you all on the next episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast. Hey guys, this is Kyle Farnsworth. I just want to say welcome back to Wrigley Field and opening day. You know, it's such an awesome feeling, you know, that's as players, I'm sure it is for you guys too. I know everybody's excited to get back to it and get back to work. We definitely couldn't do it without you guys. You know, you guys are part of how we work and get everything done. So I just want to say thank you for all that you guys do and help us with our jobs to do better. And opening day at Wrigley Field is probably one of the best, you know, days ever. You know, day games, fresh cut grass, sunshine. So enjoy it all. It goes by fast. You know, I was very blessed to play with the Cubs for a very long time. And, you know, they gave me the first opportunity to, you know, play professionally. So, you know, I love the Cubs and, you know, always be first in my heart. So, again, thank you guys for everything and welcome back and go Cubs go. Mistaken Identity Podcast. I'm a very exhausted Frank. Sorry to uh, David. David, how are you tonight? I am unthawing. Very <laughs> cold today. <laughs> but it was, you know what? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty rough. But uh, it made it worse that they lost. But I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was my idea. You know, it'd be cool to um, do our podcast with Nancy Sullivan right after opening day. It'd be fun. We're gonna, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be great. Like, we're going to be in this great mood. Uh, so why not, you know, let's do the podcast after the opening day game. Fast forward to today. <laughs> and it was the third coldest opening day that the Cubs have had. Who would have thought? Yes, and it was luckily we had some sun, but really didn't help us out too much unless you got a chance to, you know, step outside in the in the sun, like outside of the gates, or I don't even think like the con I mean yeah, not concourse, the um, the terrace or anything has sun today. I don't think, did they? I have no idea. I was so consumed by trying to stay warm that I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know what's funny? I don't even think it would have made a difference. It was that cold today. But, you know, hey, we got through it. And, you know, Saturday's supposed to be warmer. So we'll see. Yes, and we're going to jump right into our guest. Before we do that, uh, uh, we also have, a, at the end of this, you're going to hear uh, from Carl Edwards Jr., uh, better known as CJ. Um, he left a message that we're going to share with you all. But keep in mind when you hear this message that he plays for uh, another team now plays against the Cubs. Uh, so you're going to notice that he was very careful in his wording. <laughs> um, and that is the reason why, uh, although he loves the Cubs and us, he still plays for another team. So he had to be uh, careful in his wording. For those of you that are listening, uh, that hear this. Uh, but uh, let's not uh, delay any longer. Uh, this is a, another one of those sessions that people have been emailing me about. Like, when are you going to have this person on? Matter of fact, David, you said to me, 
when we first did this, you got to have Nancy on, didn't you? Yes, I. Uh, <laughs> Nancy is uh, one of those people that um, just so awesome, and I miss her so much. And I just wanted to like, I got so many questions for. Her. I'm gonna have to like kind of just cut my thing <laughs> short, but <laughs> I got so many questions for. Her. <laughs> and it's funny, I'm gonna I'm gonna have her. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna introduce her. But I'm gonna have her tell because I went to Nancy and said, "Hey, we went on the podcast." And her response. Kind of caught me off guard. I didn't think she was going to say what she said, but we'll get that in a minute. But anybody that's listening, please welcome all the way from Japan. Please welcome Nancy Sullivan. Nancy, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Frozen. Besides cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so exactly where are you in Japan? Exactly where are you? Well, right now we're actually on spring break. So I'm in a town called Fukuyama, which is about, I don't know, maybe an hour north of Hiroshima. But I actually live in Iwakuni, which is about an hour south of Hiroshima. And I work on a, a U.S. Marine Air Station teaching high school English to the children of the people who are stationed there. Okay. All right. Okay. And I'm assuming that, that, that there's some dog. There's some dogs in your background. There is a dog in my background. Oh yes, I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually in a park because okay. um, we're staying at a hotel because we're on vacation. <laughs> and okay. Eric was talking on the phone, and I'm like, this isn't going to work with two people talking on the phone. <laughs> okay. All right. And uh, hey, hey Nancy, uh, I know this has got to be a. Uh, I know you guys are warmer than us, so please make us feel warmer. What's the temperature like down there? Today, it's probably going to be about 72, 73 degrees. Wow. wow. It's really sunny. It's very sunny. But tomorrow, it's going to rain just to make you feel a little better. Oh. <laughs> or maybe Sunday, it's going to rain. I'm, I get so confused when I talk to people in the United States about what day <laughs> you're on and what day I'm on. Right. And I was confused too. <laughs> so I'm currently Friday at 10 something in the morning. Yes. Every Thursday night. Um, but before I forget, so, so when David said we got to get Nancy and I'm like, okay, I'll reach out to, uh, I'll reach out to Nancy. And then I went to you and said, Hey, we want you on the podcast. What was your response, Nancy? I have no clue. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. What did I say? You thought that nobody would want to hear from you. That you that you're like, why yeah. me? Like nobody's gonna want to. <laughs> yeah, who's gonna want to listen to this? And go ahead. This David. is gonna be your lowest rated show. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Hey, Wait till you see. You no, have... trust me. You don't. You, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, you have. You have no idea how many people miss you right now. And yes thinking about you and we just like man it's some things that we talked about off air that we're not gonna obviously share here but you know <laughs> we miss you just know that <laughs> we miss you uh, now well you know now now all the people that were afraid they were gonna get put in fan services might actually get put there <laughs> <laughs> um, so now for people who are uh, listening, as well as uh, our staff who are listening for the first time, can you tell us about 
when you first started working for the Cubs? Tell us about that if you can. Um, well, I'm going to go back to the interview process okay. because um, the interview process in the past was um, like this two-stage interview and you interviewed in the Cubs clubhouse. I don't know if this is probably how you interviewed. Yes. Yeah. So I interviewed with one of the supervisors and he asked me this question about um, somebody falls down the stairs and hits their head. And what do you do? And I kept asking him questions like, is he bleeding or not bleeding? <laughs> like, well, you decide. Like, is he conscious or unconscious? And he's like, <laughs> you decide. So then I ended up getting a second interview because I knew the answers to those questions because I worked as a lifeguard for seven years. And then we had the second interview, which was that big group interview. Yeah. I think there must have been like 20 people. And Mike Hill and Russell Johnson were actually doing the interviewing. And the question was, um, a man comes to aisle 16 and he sits down and he doesn't have a ticket. He's dressed in a suit. What do you do? And people are like, oh, we kick him out. And then Mike said, but it's Ed Lynch. And nobody said anything. So I started laughing. And I said, if you work for the Cubs, you should know who Ed Lynch is. And so Mike said to the rest of the people, does anyone else know who Mike Ed Lynch is? And they're like, um, no. So when they called me to offer me the job, they're like, you know, we know you applied to be an usher, but uh, Mike Hill would like to talk to you. He has something else in mind for you. I'm like, oh, no, he wants me to be a matron in the ladies room. <laughs> so. I talked to Mike and he's like, I know you applied to be an usher, but I'd like you to be security. And that's how I ended up in fan services. So they put me at the administrative offices front door where I checked in people because they knew I could recognize people. And um, so I would check in all the front office staff and all the celebrities would come through there. And I don't know, in the old days, there was the one side, like the street side entrance and uh, Phil Trice, Marion's father, worked at that side. And then I worked on the inside. And that was, those were the days when people could still smoke on the concourse. So I'd be standing there and people would just be like smoking around me. It was just really, really pretty crazy. Oh, and there was that little window. Remember, the, there was this little window and it had uh, like a little arched opening that you could yeah. pass stuff through yeah. but like it was so small that you could pretty much pass a cup through that's about it yeah so you so you were in so you went from there to fan services so that was part of fan services at the time because right, fan okay. services okay. was a security position so for the first year i worked there or I'd say the first two years I worked at the door. So I started a door for two years straight. Oh, wow. Okay. And at the end of the first season, I'm like, do I really want to do this? <laughs> and then that card would come in the mail. Like, do you want to come back? And I was like, yeah, I'll come back. And 
you know, everyone thinks they're going to work there for one season and then they end up there for 20. And how many, how many seasons, how many seasons do you have? This would have been 25. Wow. Wow. Okay. I right. know. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking, Oh, I just wanted to get that 25 year pin, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's not, it's not for me. But was it a hard decision to, you know, to make? Well, I mean, a lot went into the decision. So I actually, um, so my job is through the department of defense and I've had my application in for six years. And they kept making me offers like Guantanamo Bay. They called me three times for Guantanamo Bay. And I was like, no, I don't want to work in Guantanamo Bay. They sent, they um, also made me an, an interview offer for Guam, which I didn't want to be in Guam. So when this one came up for Japan, this happened a year ago, probably February. So I took the interview. I had no clue at the time that COVID was going to like happen. So I did the interview, but I didn't hear anything back until probably April. And at that point, the season had been canceled and we were out of school in Chicago, like teaching remotely. So I think the decision was not as hard when I, re when I actually had to make a decision back in probably August about whether I was going to go or not, it wasn't as hard because I didn't have those personal connections, like that daily interaction with people. If I had been working at the ballpark every day, or if I had been in my classroom with the students every day, I think it would have been a harder decision. Um, also, my family, most of my family lives in Arizona. My, uh, only my brother, Dan, still lives in Illinois. So I didn't, I don't really have a lot of family connections in Chicago anymore. I do have my friends and that was really hard to leave, you know, because you know how close all the female supervisors are yes, and I do, do yes. stuff all the time. And so that was really like when I see pictures of the girls without me, I'm a little jealous <laughs> that I'm missing out on that. <laughs> You were the one that I heard set up all the girl trips. Um, I don't know that I set them up, but I would kind of get the ball rolling. So I'd be like, hey, we should do this. And we were gonna, all going to go to New York last year to see a game at Yankee Stadium as girls. And we didn't get to do that. Now, that's very funny because the guys, we had decided that we were going to go to New York as well last season some of us were <laughs> so we would have both we would have all been in new york without each other knowing because we had decided a bunch of us we were going to go to new york as well that would have been funny to walk around the concourse yeah. in there and see you on there <laughs> well we probably would have been sitting right next to each other because we probably <laughs> would have all used the same source to get our tickets <laughs> That would have been funny. Uh, David has uh, a question for you, and then uh, we're going to start with some surprises that we have for you. Okay. Yeah, so how long did it take for you to adjust to being in a different country, like your body, like your sleep, your eating habits, all that stuff? How, how did you adjust to that? So, um, well, when I first got here, 
I was in quarantine for two weeks in a hotel room by myself. And I couldn't, you know, like people would have to bring me food. So I had a sponsor that would do my shopping for me. So it was weird because all my conversation was still in the United States. So I was still staying up all night. I would say it took me at least a month to get adjusted to the time. As far as um, food, I think one thing here that's really hard, especially living in Iwakuni, although there's a lot of Americans there, when I live, I don't live on base, I live off base, and people don't really speak English. They speak Japanese all the time. And we're a little spoiled thinking that everybody speaks English. Yeah. And so that's hard when you want to ask a question and you're trying to do things like we, Eric and I bought a car using Google translate, which just kept passing the phone back and forth to this guy. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> I have made some mistakes with food and I, and people have probably seen this on Facebook that yes. <laughs> sometimes I think I'm buying something else. Like this one day, I thought I was buying chocolate covered strawberries, but they weren't chocolate covered strawberries. They were covered in red bean paste, which it wasn't awful, but it was unexpected. Um, the other day, Eric and I went out to dinner and I accidentally ordered beef tongue which I probably would have never ordered, but it was actually good. <laughs> but I don't know if I would order it again, just because you think about what it is and you're just shocked. Wow. Yes. Uh, I've seen some of your, uh, some of your pictures of food on the Facebook uh, Chronicles. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've definitely seen that. Yes. So, um, we, not we, well, yes, we, but we as in people that you know and coworkers, uh, you know, we thought that it would be just absurd uh, to let, just let you uh, say goodbye on a uh, Facebook post. Uh, so many people uh, have joined in to send us some messages to you uh, more than I can actually read or that David can read. So we're going to forward most of these emails and messages to you. Uh, but there were some that we do uh, want to read out. And in between our questions throughout the rest of this um, uh, episode, we're going to read you some of these. Um, I'm curious if you could uh, guess some of these folks before we say who they are. But I'm going to read the first one here. Uh, and it says, my message to Nancy, how am I ever going to order drinks without you? <laughs> Every time we went out together. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Buckwhite. <laughs> yes. Every time we went out together, Nancy ordered the best drinks and I would always end up ordering the exact same drink. Her choice never disappoints. I believe Nancy and I started ice cream Sundays. One day after kids run the bases, 
while walking to our cars, we decided to stop at Jenny's for ice cream. As other supervisors walked by, we waved them in, and ice cream Sundays become a thing. I will miss Nancy's organization of our girl pictures. When I worked security, I worked under Nancy and fan services a lot. She would get Cubs bucks from admin and use them to buy new food the ballpark offers. We all got to try the food so we can give a true evaluation of the food if a fan asked, and she had that in quotes. <laughs> no one can replace Nancy's compassion and knowledge of her job. We will miss you, Deb. Anything you want to say to Deb, Nancy? <laughs> well, Deb knows that I love her <laughs> and that, you know, no matter what. Uh, well, I actually thought about sending Debbie this peach drink in the mail, but then it's not really legal to send alcohol through the mail. So that's true. <laughs> I have to think of something. But um, yeah, I love Deb. I'm going to miss Deb too. And ice cream sundaes. Um, as far when she, I forgot about the buying the food. So yeah, Julius Farrell used to give me a little budget. I don't know. It was like a hundred bucks a year in Cubs cash. And we would like figure out how we were going to spend it to um, try out new things because people would always ask us for advice on what they should order. So somehow we got that, that little budget put in. So maybe we could pass that on to the current um, leadership team and reinstitute that. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, David has another person. See if you can guess. Okay. All right. It says, here is a perfect example of the spirit Nancy brought every day to Wrigley Field. She mentioned several times when I was deployed to her group that she sometime wanted to gather all the Nancys who worked at Wrigley, get together for a group picture. I believe there were six of us Nancys at the time. Sure enough, she set up a group photo on the field on a Sunday morning prior to a game. She had the photographer there, had us all gather at home plate and took our photos together an experience none of us will ever forget. That's another, I'm sorry, just another example of how Nancy Sullivan went above and beyond for the staff. She will be sorely missed, but I wish her well in her new adventures. Can you guess who it is? That might be hard to guess though, but. <laughs> yeah, because there's three Nancys that I can think of. So it's either Nancy Carstead, <laughs> Nancy Cornell, <laughs> or I would say Nancy Lopez. Nope. Try again. No. Nope. <laughs> Wait, read the first sentence again. Here is a perfect example of the spirit Nancy brought every day to Wrigley Field. She mentioned several times when I was the boy to her group that she sometimes wanted uh -huh. to gather all the Nancys who worked at Wrigley. For Rob Wood? What? All right. So, so who is it, David? <laughs> Narav? Nope. It is Nancy. Oh, I hope I pronounced this right. Zap, Zappy? 
Oh, Nancy Zappi. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that makes yep. sense. <laughs> yeah. I know. I didn't know there were that many Nancy's there until today. So. Oh yeah. Well, I think Nancy Hens was also in that photo. I had. I've had a lot of really good conversations with Nancy Zafty. So, especially when I would work the lower deck, I would stop at every um, aisle to talk to each of the ambassadors, and sometimes. I think between Nancy Zaffy and Nancy Carstead that I would monopolize their time because they are, they're just so interesting to talk to that I would spend a really long time talking to them. And then I'd realize that I, you know, the game was about to start and I had only made it like four aisles. <laughs> um, so I think this one, you may be able to get has the same theme as the one I read before, some of the same things in it. So uh, you may get this one. And as I'm reading it, uh, feel free to throw out a name if you think you know Nancy. Uh, so it says, Nancy Sullivan, what a joy to work with and to work for. I know that when I worked with Nancy, she was always so fun. You never knew exactly what was going on in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> She always tried to create something interesting. She once used some cub books to allow everyone who worked in fan services to do some research and quote again like Dev on different foods around the ballpark. I thought it was a wonderful idea because then we could really be a reference to people who came up and asked us about the different foods. And it was super fun. Another wonderful thing about working for Nancy was her performance reviews. You could always tell that you, <laughs> that you were being reviewed by an English teacher. She, <laughs> used, <laughs> she used vocabulary that was really interesting and always spoke about specific situations. They were always a joy to receive. She makes everything fun. Nancy is passionate, smart, humble, empathetic, and a wonderful teammate. I am so happy to call her my friend. And because you didn't throw out a name, I'm going to tell you who that was. That was Donna Orman. Oh, Donna, yeah. Um, Donna and I, well, you know, it's funny because even before Donna became a supervisor, I think there were times when Donna was talking me off the edge rather than, than the other way around. There were days when, oh my gosh, like the stress just gets to you. And, and Donna's just very um, like intuitive and she understands when you're like, she can sense when you need something. And she would always have the right thing to say that, you know, just kind of got me back into the place that I needed to be. Okay, and so uh, David has another one. By the way, we have, we have tons of these. We're not gonna do these all today. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna read some, some of the ones that stuck out to us. But for those of you that are listening, because I know this is gonna be one of our most listened to, everybody knows this is happening. We will be sending Nancy, I wanna flood her email with all of these messages that you all have sent me one by one individually. So. If you don't read your comment or your uh, tribute to Nancy today, she will get it still. All right. Um, go ahead, David. 
All right, this is the next one. Uh, it says, please convey my best wishes. I will always remember her assigning lower bowl locations alphabetically, placing like first names together, classroom lower bowl. And that is from Judy Schulberg. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, there weren't a lot of Judy's, so I don't think we could put all the Judy's together. But I remember there was a day where I had seven bobs in a row and Carl Rice was walking through the lower deck and he's like, he noticed the trend and he's like, that's really funny. <laughs> he actually said something to one of the bobs. That is, that is really funny. If I, were, if I were to see that, I'd be like, wait a minute, that's actually a good idea because if I was, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> well, you know, if you don't know people's names, that's one way to save yourself. You just put all the like name people <laughs> together and you're you're pretty confident that you've got the right name <laughs> until you run out of a certain name. But yeah, we had a lot of bobs for a while. Yeah, I got I got to uh remember that when I'm doing my deployment. So all right, so here's a uh, another one. This one here is um, a story or a legend of yours that this person heard that I've also heard too actually I don't know if it's true or not I heard this story too but it's like a legend about Nancy Sullivan that I guess based on this email gets spread on amongst the staff about you <laughs> and it says here uh, there is this story uh, of her of Nancy that she brought the statue of the infant of Prague, I'm saying it right, to Wrigley doing the World Series, and she had it on the field, and it says that the luck of Nancy's statue is what won the World Series. Uh, that was with Kathleen Grossman. Uh, what, is, what is that all about? So um, it is true that the infant of Prague, baby Jesus, was um, on the field. He actually started going on the field in 2015 when I really thought we'd go to the World Series. And he uh, was on the field. So I don't know if I should implicate other people <laughs> in this, but I did have help. And he always had to stand by, um, by first base because there was a day where we, we took his picture during one of the playoff games. Oh, so no, let me back up. So the infant of Prague would always come on the field. We always took his picture with the scoreboard in the background. One day we decided we were going to take his picture from the Cubs side instead of the visitor's side. And we lost that game. So we always, after that, we always made sure that he was on the visitor side in the same position by first base. And we'd take lots of pictures with him. Sometimes he'd have a baseball with him, you know, like a postseason baseball, which of course we had to give back. So we couldn't keep any of those baseballs. We had to give them back. But, um, you know, he kind of blessed the ball. And um, I think he was the reason why we won the World Series. Not that the team didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, that season was like magic. You knew that everything yeah. was falling into place. But um, when, that, when the season ended, or what I had during the season, I promised baby Jesus that if we won, 
I would buy him a new outfit. And I happened to tell that story to Jordan. Uh, Jor- you know, Jordan wrote it. Yes. And he, um, he's like, my father makes infinite Prague outfits. And if we win the World Series, not only will I get you a new outfit for your baby Jesus, but I will get him a new crown too. So when we won, Jordan's like, what color do you want? I'm like, cubby blue. <laughs> so his father made a cubby blue outfit for my uh, infant of Prague. And that was the last outfit that Jordan's father made before he died. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that yeah. outfit's like really special. Well, that's okay. Because I've heard that many, many times. And apparently this person, uh, Kathy Grossman, who wrote this, also heard that legend as well. Okay. Uh, David has one. Okay, uh, before I get into the next one, question for you. Do you wear your World Series ring out there? I wore it the um, first couple days of school that I taught in person here um, because I had the um, students make a PowerPoint about where they were from because the kids are one of the students in my class has been to 29 countries already and she's a high school freshman. So these kids have traveled, you know, their parents get um, moved to a different base, like every three years. So they're all over the place. So I want to know where the kids considered their home to be. And um, so I gave them a model of clues for where I was from because they had no idea where I was from and I wore my ring then but I haven't worn it since I don't know that very many people would know what it is but you know uh, Fukudome is still playing for one of the Japanese teams here so if I ever go to a Tigers game I'll wear my ring it, uh, and well he's how is he's got to be at least almost 40 now right I have no idea. I didn't know he was still playing until today because the um, the Tigers were playing the Hiroshima Carp and that game was televised. And so that's the I've actually seen uh, Fukudome play here with Matt Merton. So they were playing, um, I think, against uh, Osaka, the Buffaloes. So... Mm-hmm. That was like five years ago. So I was surprised that Fukudomi was still playing because I saw him here five years ago. Oh, wow. That is awesome. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get into the next uh, letter for you. Now you're going to guess this one as soon as I get to the end, I bet. Uh, so it says, Nancy, thank you for being such a great mentor and also one of the most influential people I have worked with. You taught me a lot and trusted me to do my job, which helped, which helped get to where I am today at Wrigley. I first saw you at a Cubs convention before I worked there, and I would never guess that just two and a half months later, I'd be working with you. I was looking forward to being a supervisor with you, but life took you on another path, and I am so happy for you and wish you nothing but the best. Thank you again for being a wonderful leader and friend. P.S. I am still jealous that you live in the Hello Kitty capital of the world. <laughs> and guess what it is? Well, at first I was thinking Erica Pizarro, 
You got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember Erica telling me that she saw me at a Cubs convention because I think I was scrunched. I call it scrunching the line. You know how in the line, everybody's spread out. And I always walk through the line next to it and I'll tell people to stand up and make friends with the people next to them. And, uh, you know, to get the line kind of condensed so that we're not extended out into the hallway of the convention center. So I, I actually gave all my uniform parts to Erica. So she should be, she has a new outfit for every day for like a month, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to actually tell my Nancy story. Um, so many people, for whatever reason, I mean, so I've been at Biggieville for a very long time since I was 16, off and on, whatever. Um, so I've been there so long that people think that I have been a supervisor for a very long time. Therefore, I should know everything. But uh, my rookie year as a supervisor, uh, my first ever concert, Nancy may remember this, but uh, there was a uh, ticket issue with the seats and there were duplicate tickets or I don't know what it was. So, uh, and they were in like maybe 240 or whatever. So I'm like, uh, you all just wait here and I'm gonna go to fan services and see if I can uh, take care of this. So I use my ID, I walk at the door and I uh, go to Nancy and I'm like, um, you know, hey, I got this uh, ticket problem. And out of nowhere, Nancy, let me have it. Like, <laughs> let me have it. Like I have never heard before. <laughs> uh, I don't know if really? she has issues, but I will say this. She found me at the end of the day and uh, proactively actually came to me. Yes, she, she came to me, Nancy, and said, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I should not have said that at all. Um, so I, I thought it was um, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, you sought me out. And when you saw me, you came to say to me, hey, you know, that was I should not have done that. And I just assumed that you were it was a I think dead and come. What was one of those concerts where it was crazy? Um, but the fact that you, you know, I guess it must have in your head, you're like, maybe I should not have said that to Frank that way. But uh, you came to me and apologized. And I thought that was very, very uh, respectful of you to do that. Do you remember that at all? I don't. <laughs> but I feel bad that a memory <laughs> of me is me going off on you. <laughs> no, that 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 was that was I think in your because you because you were asking me questions that supervisors with experience should know. And I think that because I've known you for so long, but I wasn't one. That you just, I, and I get this today. People think I've been a supervisor for like five years. They're shocked when I say, mm -hmm. nope, it's only been two years. People are like, really? So I think, you know, then uh, you weren't thinking this is the rookie Frank. You were thinking this is the Frank that has been there since Daniel Alexa and Daniel Emmons and what have you. You know those mm -hmm. things. But I didn't. So I think that played into your, you know, why is he asking me this? He should know, he should, <laughs> he should know this already. And then you came back later on. You're like, hey, you know what? I should not have done that. <laughs> you know, um, concerts and fan services is probably 
well, I think concerts for everybody is pretty stressful, but, you know, people come to concerts at Wrigley and they have ideas of what kind of seats they bought. And then something changes with the setup of the concert and it's not what they expected. So for before, I'd say until the music actually starts, fan services is just nuts. And those tickets are just nuts. Like we spend the whole time. There are days, I think Debbie, probably Debbie and Erica, Barb Ackerman know what I'm talking about, where we go and we actually sit in the seats because the ticket office kind of gives us a heads up on where our problems are going to be. And we actually go and sit in seats and make decisions about what we're going to do before <laughs> the gates even open. So we'll just go through the ballpark, sit down in seats and be like, nope, this isn't going to work and we're going to have to do this. And not that that's going to make you feel any better that I went off on you. <laughs> Man, I feel so guilty now. Because <laughs> I don't know how, I don't, I like to think that I don't go off on people very frequently. I don't know. There was, there was a lot. I don't know what concert it was, but there was a lot going on that day. Like literally, there was a lot. Like there was a lot. Matter of fact, um, there was so much going on that uh, I was assigned to the lower bowl as a um, GSA suit. But you know that never happened. So it was just a lot. We were probably short, and it was just a lot going on. Um, but uh, I just, yeah, I just, I just I've, I've never, I've never seen you in that way. Like when you, when you turned around, and I'm just like, who is this? <laughs> I, this is in my head because. You turned around and you were just like, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. But um, let me read, let me read this one. Um, it says, you may, you may guess this one actually, but Nancy was creative and inspiring as a supervisor. She sometimes gives the radio units book character names or schedule all the bobs in a row. I love that several of her students came to work at Wrigley. I think Nancy was the main motivator to the girl photos at the convention, special games, and concerts at Wrigley Field. I had a great time on several trips with her and other supervisors and learned how much she enjoys to travel. Japan is lucky to have her now. You want to guess or you want me to say who it is? I think it might be Jenny. Yes, it is Jenny Keeley. Uh, anything you want to say about Jenny? Oh, Jenny. Well, I do have to tell Jenny, I have been looking for the Talking Heads album on vinyl that she's looking for. But for some reason, they don't know how to alphabetize here. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll run across albums in these bins, and they're just... You know, like it'll be Rolling Stones, Pat Benatar. And then it'll be like somebody random, like Sean Cassidy. And you're like, what? Like, so I want Jenny to know that I am looking. But Jenny and I have definitely had some good times together. Um, I think the last girls trip we went on was Washington, D.C. So shared room with Jenny, I think. You know, probably drove her a little crazy on that trip. But um, 
yeah, we've had some good times. And yeah, I am going to totally miss all the girl trips and outings and little things, you know, like we've, even in the off season, we would get together and do Christmas things or Halloween things. So yeah, I'm going to miss that. Okay. Uh, and because of the time, I'm going to let David read all the rest of his and then I'll read one and then we'll end it from there. So go ahead, David. Uh, I got one more for you. It's oh, you got to get this one too. Uh, <laughs> one of the questions I have for Nancy is why does she always wear skirts except for work? Is there any other time she wears something besides a skirt? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. When I was stripping the paint off of all the woodwork on my crown molding at my house. So I used to have a, a Chicago bungalow that was 100 years old. And it had all mahogany um, crown molding and trim and doors. And the previous owner had painted them all white, probably for the last hundred years. So I did wear pants then. I just don't like to wear pants. I just don't. They're, they're not comfortable. So if the Cubs... Well, no, no, I'm going to back up. So I used to think that... When I first started working, a lot of the front office women would wear skirts with heels. And I always was afraid that at some point that would become our uniform. <laughs> We'd have to wear skirts and high heels to run around the ballpark, but that never happened. And you might uh, have to cut that part out. <laughs> and then uh, she, she goes on to say uh, she thoroughly enjoys traveling and hopes to be able to continue to explore many other places. Uh, quick guess on who you think that may be? I don't know because I got distracted. <laughs> it is from Cindy Roy. Cindy. Oh, Cindy Roy. Well, Cindy and I have had a lot of good times together too, especially on all the girl trips. And um, I think... Probably one of my um, most standout memories of Cindy working at the ballpark is that Cindy is, takes her job very seriously. And I had organized a girl picture and I was trying to get all the girls together during the ACDC concert. So I had actually convinced one of the vendors to lend us those light up horns for like 10 minutes. But, you know, everybody's busy during concerts. So I had like everybody together except for one person. We kept waiting for that one person. And Cindy's like, I'm busy. I need to get back to work. And I'm like, Cindy, the ballpark is not gonna like explode which we all know this is untrue the ballpark <laughs> can explode in a minute <laughs> and I'm like Cindy they can live without us for like two minutes so we we did a girl picture in front of the marquee wearing those ACDC horns <laughs> but yes Cindy is probably the hardest working woman that I know Yes, I agree. 
um, so we're gonna miss her also. Yes, we actually just did a yeah. podcast with Cindy. She did a, Cindy's episode was one of our most highest um, rated. Like all of the staff wanted to hear uh, the behind the scenes, Cindy, uh, and it was really, really highly rated. So um, if you're listening to this now uh, podcast, you can go and check it out. Uh, it's still available on our podcast, but it's a good interview with um, Cindy. So let me read this last one here for you. You're definitely, I think, going to figure this out, but we'll see. I have enjoyed working for you all these years. I will miss our daily conversations about school, work, and just random topics. You always made coming to the ballpark fun for me. Selfishly, I still haven't, it still hasn't sunk in that I won't see you at the ballpark all the time, but I am very excited for the opportunity you have in front of you and the impact on so many lives you are going to continue to provide. I wish you nothing but the best, but anything you put your mind to becomes a success. So I know you are going to do great things over there. 22 left will never be the same without you there. Assigning people based off their names, birthdays, or eye color, <laughs> or whatever other category comes to your mind will always make me smile. Hopefully our paths will cross again. But thank you for everything you have done for me for the past 20 years. Your friendship means a lot to me. You are already missed, and we haven't even made it back to the ballpark yet. Do you know what male employee at Wrigley wrote that? Well, if it's 22 left, I'm thinking it's Daryl. No, but you're getting warm. <laughs> getting warm. 20 years. Is it a ambassador? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a GSA, yes. Hmm. Who's but Jim Kearns? Yes. <laughs> Jim Kearns. You know, Maybe. it's hard. It's hard to believe that Jim Kearns is not 16 years old anymore. Yeah, that I he's agree. an adult <laughs> with his own children. And <laughs> yeah, when you first started reading, I was thinking Jim Kearns. And then when you said 20 years, I'm thinking, no, Jim couldn't have been there for 20 years already, but I guess he could have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there, there are just so many, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let David end it with his, um, his final, uh, thoughts. Well, I, ha I do have a comment for Jim Kearns though. Yes, go ahead. I'm expecting Jim to somehow get here with the family for a baseball game. Cause I know he likes to travel to different ballparks and the team here in Hiroshima is one of the few teams without a dome. So almost everybody plays indoor baseball, but um, Hiroshima's team is is an outdoor ballpark. All right, I'm gonna let uh, David have the final word, but if we did not read your message or comments, she will get them. Maybe she will respond, but she will get them. I guarantee you, Nancy will get a <laughs> message that has flooded my messages. Um, final thoughts, David. Yeah, just. Uh, just reiterating again, just how much we miss you and uh, we hope you're uh, doing well out there. And I hope that you see from this podcast that you you see or you get the idea of how many people you touch and how many people miss you. So uh, we really appreciate you and thank you for your time. And uh, 
best of luck on everything out there in Japan. Well, thank you. So, uh, Nancy, any final words for the people listening and all the employees that uh, didn't get to say goodbye? Well, um, today, so the game started, your, the Cubs game today started at 3.20 in the morning here. So I only watched the last part. And I do have to thank, um, oh, now I can't remember who posted it about the um, – MLB being free on T-Mobile, <laughs> so I have my free MLB broadcast so I can watch the games, but um, I think actually seeing the ballpark, you know, I was a little sad that I wasn't a part of it, that, tw- you know, this could have been my 25th season, but I've had some experiences working for the Cubs that I would never have had the opportunity for And I've met people that have, you know, when we would do training, I would say to new employees, you're going to meet your lifelong friends here. And that's the truth that I've met a lot of people that will be my friends for the rest of my life. And even though I don't get to see them regularly, I think it's nice that, you know, we have the Cubs coworkers and the Cubs coworkers with love page and the supervisor Facebook pages that I can still see what's going on. And I still feel like I'm a part of, of this group that, you know, we have this common bond that is so rare and so special that I, I miss the interaction on a daily basis, but I don't feel like those people are gone from my life. And I almost forgot this and it would have got me in trouble, but there was a person that was supposed to pop on here and their face was supposed to surprise you when you saw it. Uh, however, uh, there was a scheduling conflict. Uh, but do you know a person by the name of Danielle Alexa? I do know Danielle Alexa. That was supposed to Danielle be Danielle Alexa, my soulmate, <laughs> my soulmate. <laughs> yes, and I completely forgot to mention that, but... Um, yes. Uh, anything you want to say about Danielle Alexa before we go? Um, you know, Danielle, there's nobody like Danielle. Like, I don't know how Danielle remembers everybody. I don't know how she knows all the details about their lives and what's important to them. And I remember when I first it was my second season at the ballpark and I didn't really know Danielle. Well, that was the season that my mom passed away and Danielle came down to fan services and gave me her phone number, her personal phone number. And she's like, anything you need. And I was like, this is really special. You know, that somebody that doesn't know me well, would one know that this happened and two like reach out to me like that I think that was the moment that I knew that Danielle and I were going to be friends forever like I mean I I don't even know what to say (laughs) she's just Danielle is just a super special person and I don't know that any how does anyone have the kind of energy she does 
to care for so many people. I think we were all heartbroken when she left the Cubs, but I'm glad that she's, you know, found the opportunities that she has and it's given her the, the chance to see how other businesses work. And it's just, you know, you're going to make me all emotional <laughs> having trouble thinking, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love Danielle and I miss her every day, but I have talked to her a few times on, uh, on Facebook messenger. All right. Uh, so if you would have cried, somebody would have owed me $800. That was my goal. <laughs> but, <laughs> Oh, uh, but we got to go. We're over time. David, you, go, ahead, David. Okay. go ahead, David. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I was just going to say, uh, you know, I second that. Danielle was awesome. And uh, shout out to Danielle. Um, I wish you could have got on here. That would have been amazing. Yes, uh, I tried. I, I would. Uh, I definitely yes. would have cried. So you would have you would have had an $800 <laughs> problem. Um, but um, so, you know, Paco was now the only 1997 person left that's true oh and i also need you to pass this on to nick i meant to email him is nick still on the field uh yes yeah so nick needs to take a picture of the bait i hope he took a picture of the baseball today okay we'll pass that on okay i'll email him okay all right uh, all right, everybody, uh, thank you for listening. Stay tuned, of course, for um, Carl Edwards Jr., better known as CJ. And we will catch you all on the next episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast with David and Frank. Hello, my great friends. How y'all been? Um, uh, yes, it's been, it's been a different route for me. So, hey, um, I just want to say hello to you guys. I miss you guys. Um, the cup security, of course. And I would like to say thank you to Frank, Mr. Frank Walker for reaching out. Um, hey, man, y'all have a, you know, a dandy of a season this year. Looking forward to playing y'all and, you know, bringing back some memories. But again, hey, thank you guys for reaching out. And I really do appreciate it. And I miss you guys. Um, again, thank you. Hey, guys, this is Joe Flaherty with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. As always, we want to thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work we're doing here, Please drop us a rating, a review, a like, a share, a smoke signal maybe, whatever you can do to help us get the word out, help us keep growing. And of course, as a disclaimer, we want to add once again that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.